You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective tonight as Pirates lose 31 to 13 at home against Marshall. And I am Dave Richmond along with ladies and gentlemen, Kyle from the Grange Barber. How are you, man? What's going on, Dave? Um, I just wanted to uh, let you guys know I officially have more passing yards now than the uh, ECU Pirates. Okay. And I was going to tell you, Hall of Famer Kyle from the Grange, the Hall of Famer for the fifth quarter. I loved your call last night by the yeah, way. Yeah, so did everybody else. A lot of people said Kyle's back. Unfortunately, I, I didn't want to have to be back in that way. I was hoping <laughs> to never have to have those those kind of calls ever again. So, um, yeah. Bubba Rosenbaum, what's up, man? You know, after a game like last night, I, you know, I had to uh, you know, had to say some things, you know, to, to myself. Um, it's a little positive self-talk, you know, to say, hey, you know, Things are never as as bad as they seem, They're, and you know, in some cases, never as good as they seem. But definitely, on um, the other um, end of the spectrum, last night. But uh, and going back and looking at certain things today, you know, despite how bad we played offensively, and despite you know some mistakes on the defensive side, I um, mean, you, you were winning the game thirteen to ten with what under thirteen or fourteen minutes left. Had a chance on a couple of occasions to to really uh, make it a two-possession game and some missed opportunities, which we'll talk about here in a little while. Yeah. And uh, Matt Semenza, by the way, they're looking at – hey, Matt, you're going to love this. So whenever there's a pirate loss, you can go on Sundays to the ABC store, hopefully soon, where you can buy liquor on Sundays. So that might be a good thing for pirate fans. After you lose on Saturday, you can go to the liquor store. What do you think? Well, I could have used some last night, and you know, I was I was extremely worked up after that game and during that game, and I tried to stay quiet last night. I tried to stay to myself a little bit because I figured, you know, I'll wake up today, it's a new day, and I'll feel a little better about what I saw in that game. But the reality is, I woke up today and I don't feel any better about it um, because that was a game we should have won. Uh, a lot of self-inflicted wounds. I thought there were some major blunders, not only on the players, but on the coaching staff as well. And, you know, when you lose a game by 28, you, you just say, hey, we got our ass kicked. But when you lose a game like that and you know that you probably should have won the game, yep. that's even more frustrating. And what I've been saying and, and what I don't – and nothing came to mind to Matt and I'll ask – or excuse me, to Bubba. And I'll ask both of y'all, have y'all, Matt as a player, Dave as a fan, and Bubba again, if you can think of anything, I don't think I've ever seen a game that we've played in that it literally felt like we we in the fourth quarter were getting ready to put the game away. We were up by three. We were driving, getting ready to go up by hopefully ten at minimum if you make the field goal six. I don't think I've ever remember a game where it felt like we were about to put it away and then get blown out in a matter of minutes. Not lose. I've seen a steal, steal victory from the jaws of defeat, or excuse me, steal defeat from the jaws of victory. 
several times. I've seen us blow games, but I've never seen us go from getting ready to put a team away to getting blown out. And I'll tell you how 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 surprising this the, the, and drastic the momentum was. The, I sit right behind the bench, right on the on the opposing sideline. The Marshall players, their hands were in their their heads were in their hands. They were out of it. They they thought they were going to lose the game. And their reaction was so visceral. They were so they reacted so insanely on the sidelines, talking trash to our fans after our fans really didn't talk trash to them all night. And I think it was because they were just as shocked as I was the other way around. They went from getting ready to lose the game to blowing us out. It was such a momentum swing in the fourth quarter. It it was it's almost sickening. Yeah. Like I was saying, eleven minutes and change left. 13 to 10 Pirates and uh, on the verge of maybe making it 16 or 20 to 10. And um, they're in a little less than five minutes of game action. We went from up three to down 18. That's what I thought the same thing. And also, guys, one of the things we can talk about, I'm sure, is uh, how we were talking about we needed a trick play to and all of a sudden Marshall did to us exactly what we should have done to Marshall. And and I know we were talking about that during the game last night. I and literally I had texted you that, Dave. Yeah. I texted you, Matt, and um, Bubba that, the group text, right when we took over that possession that we missed the field goal on. I said I'd come out and, and if whatever gadget play we have, since we're having trouble scoring, I would run a trick play here to try to put the game away. And uh, lo yep. and behold, we didn't do it. We missed the field goal. Then Marshall does exactly what I said we should do. Yeah, there was, you go. By the way, Dave, go ahead and promote that up on the screen. The, the, we're taking calls. Yeah, I want to let yeah. everybody know. Taking calls tonight, 252-290-0375. Uh, call in. And we've got, I uh, believe, our phones working uh, this week. So I appreciate your patience on a new element to the show. But it's a great way, especially – um, unfortunately, we have to do it if, to air out our grievances, I guess, kind of like Seinfeld. Uh, but you can do so, 252-290-0375. Guys, I really thought that I, I'm going to give my take on things really fast, and I want to pitch it to you to get your thoughts. I really believe that our coaching staff is very stubborn. I'm going to give Kyle credit because I believe it's been the last two seasons you've talked about how we start out with a very conservative game plan a very, very conservative game plan. And then finally, uh, maybe a third of the way through the season, I don't know how many games it's been uh, for both the last two seasons. All of a sudden, we open up the playbook, and that's when things start getting better. So just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, you've seen some of that since he's been here, going all the way back to his first season. When you think about how we opened up the playbook in that um, SMU and Cincinnati game, late in the year and were really aggressive offensively and almost pulled off back-to-back upsets um, back going back to year one. So um, I, I I don't have an answer for – I don't think we were trying to be as conservative as, as it looked yesterday, guys. I know the, the plan was to, run the, was to run the quarterback a lot because Albany had success against it against Marshall. But there was plays in that game that, uh, you know, you, you, Bubba and it, you um, – you you pulled up one on the, the third down play um, right before we missed the field goal where there was a rub route where, you know, you, you break it down. You can break it down better than me. Where You know, there, there was plays that were there that we weren't trying to be as conservative as, as uh, Mason made it look. Uh, break down that play on third down right before we missed the field goal. 
Yeah, yeah that play, um, I believe it was actually the first play of the fourth quarter. Matt okay. and I and all of us were texting about it earlier this evening and over the last couple of hours. And um, here in a moment, uh, we'll have have that screenshot uh, on the on the screen here for our viewers. But um, yeah, the Pirates win. I believe it was the second and six. Uh, originally, I thought it was third and six, but I think it was a second and six situation. Uh, first play of the fourth quarter. Ball. It was third. Uh, it was third. It said. Okay, the, the graphic on the screen said second and six. Yeah, third. ES, ESPN Plus had the graphic wrong, but it was third and six. Okay, thank you. And But that was you know critical situation, obviously, third and six at the Marshall 27 or 28-yard line. Uh, we were lined up in a two-by-two two set, you know, where you – well, actually, you know, it was two receivers to the, to the field and then uh, a tight end and a receiver into the boundary. Um, ball was on the left hash, and we motioned – Brock Spalding across the formation, and, and when we did, uh, you know, there we have the three receivers. Um, we have the outside receiver Chase Soul or so well. Uh, he ran uh, a bit of a rub rub route there, and uh, we'll have that on the screen momentarily. Yeah, uh, it'll be a lot. I know we're going to bring this, this up up early in the show. Uh, thought, <laughs> thought we didn't have a chance to um, get yeah. this. Produced, but uh, anyway, um, there was excellent pass protection. Mason Garcia had time, um, and it's just one of those things. Uh, you know, he he felt as though he was getting pressure, but he had a nice pocket to step up into and uh, make a throw to Chase, and you know, what what would have been a first down, and you know, you'd have been looking. And he had some running room. Who knows? He may have scored, but at the very least, you'd have had first and ten about the Marshall fifteen uh, there. 30 seconds or so into the fourth quarter. All right, yeah, it was, it was a huge play, too, because just, just to take that a step further, you know, it's a huge play in that game because you think about it, guys, and, you know, I know we're kind of jumping forward here a little bit, but we're, we have a 13-10 lead at this point. Critical juncture of the game. We're in plus territory, okay? We're in business right now. If we can score a touchdown here, we're up 20 to 10. You have a chance to, to really kind of put a dagger in Marshall there. Yep. And we get in a situation on this play where it's third and seven. And it's actually a really good call here, the rub route to Sowell. And Mason has him. He has him. But as we saw throughout the night, instead of stepping up into the pocket, Mason at this stage, you know, inexperienced, he gets happy feet. And he just immediately scrambles to his right. And inexplicably, instead of stepping up in the pocket and the whole play breaks down. And and that was a critical – I guarantee you in the film room today, they talked about this play because it would have moved the chains. No doubt. And uh, appreciate that, Matt. We've got Chuck on the line. You guys ready to take him? Chuck from Charlotte? Sure, yeah. All right. Hey, Thanks, Chuck, uh, what's up? Hey, appreciate you, you taking my call. Uh, I want to actually address a couple questions Uh uh, the elephant in the room, obviously, is uh, the quarterback situation. And I've been following Matt on Twitter, and, uh, you know, he was saying that, you know, we get – and I tend to agree with him. Thanks, Chuck. You're one of the few. <laughs> Chuck, you going to finish your thought, or did you get disconnected? Did we lose Chuck? I think we have lost Chuck, and I believe we may have lost Dave also. Yeah, Chuck, if you if you're still 
still watching. Uh, give, give us a call back here here in a moment. Uh, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. um, the screenshots uh, now. Um, there is the for- formation uh, prior to the motion. With uh, there, you see Brock Spalding uh, to the bottom of the screen. Um, Mason Garcia motioned him across, and then right. This is you know about a second or two after the ball was snapped. And there you see the route developing at the top of the screen. Uh, Chase Sowell is circled, uh, or Sowell, and um, then you have Mason Garcia. Um, good pass protection by the offensive line. There were some issues at times, but this was not one of those. And uh, Mason had a nice pocket to step up into. He could deliver the ball to Chase there, just inside the 25-yard line, but instead scrambled to his right and ended up throwing the ball uh, away out of bounds. Yeah, no, it's a shame because you, you pick it up there, it's going to be at least first down. You maybe have a first and goal. You maybe get it in the end zone. And uh, instead, uh, you have to try a field goal. And uh, we all know what happened after that. We we just we blew the game. And uh, we all went to, went to hell after that. But uh, do, we, do we know what happened, Dave, with, with the caller there? Chuck, Chuck got dropped. Dave, are, you having, are we having technical difficulties again, or can we take callers? Um, we'll try to see it. I mean, I don't see why it didn't work. Um, but let's see. We can get him back. All right, Chuck, Chuck, call back if you want to. He's right. He's back with us. Are you there? Hello? Yes. You got you loud and clear, Chuck. Okay, great. Um, yeah, like I was saying, I was uh, talking to Matt via Twitter, and I asked him. If- Dave, you're muting yourself. Take yourself off mute. That's the only way we can hear Chuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's the problem. Matt. Yeah, I asked like one thousand. You know, one thousand percent. We start Flynn. So, number one, do we? Do you think that we start Flynn at Appalachian? And also, I'm not saying that anyone's wrong or anything. But do you think like a two game sample size? And I'll ask a question to Matt because you you know played the game. Do you think a two game sample size is good enough to see whether or not you have a quarterback or not? And this, you know, Mason Garcia. Well, Bubba also played the game, by the way. He played quarterback at the college level. Okay. <laughs> well, well, yeah, no, obviously, obviously not uh, at East Carolina. Small college football. I finished up at Avery University, but um, but yes, um, as far as as far as Alex and Mason are concerned, I, obviously, um, neither one um, in the coach's estimation has separated themselves. Clearly, um, they thought Mason gave us the best chance to win. Mike Houston said as much uh, following the game last night in his post post game press conference. Um, but that being said, I mean, kind of something I I put in the comments section, uh, we'll see on um, whether this is more like 2012 where you had the Rio Johnson, Shane Carden situation where Rio was the starter. Nice. Sorry. At South Carolina. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, 2012 um, where Rio started against App State and then at South Carolina and then Shane came in and then it was all she wrote after that. Uh, it was Shane Carden's job. Uh, or if it's more like 2007 where Patrick Pinckney was uh, – he started more than Rob, but uh, Rob Cass um, definitely played a, a significant number of snaps and a key role uh, games like UTEP and Boise State come to mind. So uh, we shall see. Um, I personally, um, based on what I've seen, and that's a very limited amount, obviously, relative to to the coaches, and but I, I felt uh, a little more comfortable with Alex um, at Michigan – but I, I think both have their role, and um, I think I think Alex is the 
probably the better passer of the two uh, right now, at least. And I think Mason uh, definitely brings something to the table, especially uh, running the football. And we saw Alex can run the ball uh, pretty well uh, a time or two and showed some nice escapability and pocket presence there at Michigan. Yeah. And I'll go ahead. Yeah. And, I, you know, just to kind of chime in on that, uh, Chuck, um, you know, I, if I was coaching the team, I, I would give Alex Flynn the start next week at app. Like I said earlier, when we were kind of messaging back and forth, I said a thousand percent. And I, I just feel like he's more comfortable at this point. I feel like he's in more he has more command of the offense. Right. It just looks like everything flows more naturally when he's in there. Um, so so that would be my choice now. I, I think I want to just make it clear, like, I, I'm not saying Flynn is the savior. You know, he might get to start at app and he might have a rocky performance too. But I, I think you kind of have to just make those calls almost quarter to quarter at this point, not even game to game, almost quarter to quarter, and see who has a hot hand. And, you know, it's interesting because when you listen to the press conference this week with Donnie, he, he basically said as much that they were going to, you know, rotate both quarterbacks and I, I I guess that was just to kind of throw off Marshall a little bit and they never did that and I was shocked because I felt like after one quarter Flynn should have had an opportunity to come in that game and I think it cost right. us honestly I think that decision cost us a win yesterday yep that's yeah. why I was a little surprised like like you said Matt maybe perhaps it was a little bit of gamesmanship or maybe there was something that they saw in practice um, you know, and from a scouting standpoint that uh, led them to let our coaches to believe that, you know, that, that Mason was our best option. But a uh, little surprised that we didn't see Alex Flynn until there with about six minutes or so left in the game. So if you go back and watch that Albany Marshall game, yep. I, I think they probably saw what I saw. That's what I was going to say. Marshall had trouble stopping Albany's quarterback, uh, the quarterback run. That's how Albany scored to go up 17-7. Well, it's on about a 50-yard quarterback run where he pulled it. And so I think that's what they, they, they thought Mason gave us that ability, uh, more, more running ability than Flynn. But Flynn can run it. Um, yes, he can. But the only trouble with Mason is he's scared. He's scared to throw the football downfield. And that's why I t- you think you have to start Flynn. It doesn't matter how talented you are if you're too scared to show your talents. It, it doesn't matter. It, it, <laughs> Mason Garcia is more talented than Flynn, but it does not matter because he's too scared to throw the ball. Yeah, that's exactly exactly why he got pulled uh, early on at Michigan, uh, and yeah, and and Donnie Kirkpatrick said as much. And he said, you know, we didn't put you, we're not putting you out there just to simply hand the ball off. <laughs> yeah, and guys, and question uh, and and listen, um, do you think what confuses me about Donnie Kirkpatrick is is that. It doesn't seem like he arranges, and Mike Houston for that matter, it doesn't seem that they arrange a game plan around a particular player's strength or weakness. That's why not try to do why not try to do like an RPO with Mason and then when we're running the football instead of trying to run it up the gut between the tackles, run it on the outside against, you know, Marshall or or try like a screen, you know, screen passes or something. And All we do is RPO. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't working. Uh, apparently, it wasn't working. I didn't see most of the game yesterday because ESPN U took it off, uh, like in early third quarter because of the lightning delay. So, but, yeah, we, we, we pretty much all we do is RPO, and Mason is struggling with that. He, he's um, 
Okay. He, he's struggling with knowing weeks, when, when to throw the ball. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. I, it really it should be simplified. Um, somebody brought this up last night via text. It may have been it Matt. It may have been yeah, it, it was me, me and you were talking about that, Kyle. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and explain that, Bubba, about simplifying the RPO. Well, as far as now, obviously, you know, I'm not in the huddle, not not taking part in things, so I, I don't know exactly. But I, I do know what Donnie Kirkpatrick said about uh, Mason as far as early on in the Michigan game. And there were some times where, you know, not wanting to make that mistake and that we didn't take the throw that was there when we should have. We handed the ball off. And so – Perhaps, you know, that's something to be interesting to see moving forward, you know, make it a little bit more clear cut, you know, just call a run or a pass instead of having that option there. All right. Anything else, uh, Chuck? I appreciate your call. and uh, Appreciate you uh, taking time out for me. Of course. Anytime. That's what we're here for. And uh, hopefully we can have good results uh, next week to talk about. That's the whole we'll get into that in just a little while. We'll see the app game i know above a lot of comments tonight a lot of people watching thank you so much unfortunately it's yeah, and, and, and dave you might want to give the number again orally for anybody listening over a podcast feed sure it's uh 252-290-0375 again 252-290-0375 and a lot of great uh, people were uh, talking about, uh, I know Jay is Bubba about uh, the coaching staff. He says the coaching staff's stubbornness and inability to check their egos and put Flynn in cost us the Marshall game. And Jay, I that's uh, we have a lot of great comments, but that one stood out to me. Yeah, and I can I can just about tell you what they were what what Mike Houston was thinking. It's tied. Mason ain't turned the ball over. Um, we're going to win this thing with defense and running the ball, which if Mike Houston has his dreathers, that's what he's going to do. He he, he loves running the winning with the running game and defense. And that's great. Especially once we had that wet field. Exactly. Exactly. You know what, Bubba, I told you this yesterday. I wish we wouldn't have been lightning in that monsoon and we would have just played through the rain. Yes. And we'd have won the football game. It would have been like James Summers against Virginia tech in uh, 2015. We'd have just ran Mason all night and their quarterback really couldn't run. I think, but anyway, it is what it is. But I, that's why he left Mason in. Um, you can't do that. You, 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 you can't do that against that. We've got to be able to throw the ball downfield against App. Right. It, look, the chances of us beating App State based on what I've seen so far are slim to none and slim's on his way out of town. I, but you've got to, this ain't 1920. you got to have a vertical passing right. game. If you ain't going to have a vertical passing game, then let's just friggin' run the, the flex bones. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I did not like that strategy, and and that when you when you play that strategy of trying to lean on your defense, depend on your defense to win a game, that rarely works out for ECU. I mean, right. nine times out of ten, we lose those games. We have to score points here, and I think that was a tactical error, and and I think sometimes that is, I think. Mike Houston can get a little conservative by nature and, and call games very tightly. And, and yeah. I think that we don't have that type of defense here at ECU where they're going to win you a game, you know, and it just, it just always plays out that way. We don't get stops in big spots to win games like that. So we need to find a way to score points. And the only guys, time it ever really has, Matt, is when Skip was here and we could take all those non-qualifiers and Skip was good at recruiting them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, exactly. It hasn't worked out in recent memory. Um, 
And I, I'll tell you guys, I, you know, to go back to the, you know, the, the comment, um, I think it was Jay, right? It was Jay. Yep. Um, once we had plus territory, we're up 1310. We have plus territory twice in a good position to take total command of that game. And I felt we got conservative in that spot and made some critical mistakes, some penalties. We saw the example with Mason Garcia. And, and I felt at that point we were not going to win that game because I just don't have faith in our defense to get that big stop when they need when they need it. Yeah, kind, of to, kind of to your point, Matt, as far as um, the, the play we already discussed, the third and six at the Marshall 27 or 28-yard line there, the first play of the fourth quarter. I mean, that was not um, – you know, it, it was not that complicated of a play. We just we didn't execute it. So that's that's something else that you know the average fan um, may not have understood exactly what was taking place there, when, when, and thought that maybe Mason, uh, because there were some protection issues at times, but maybe um, they they thought that Mason had legitimate pressure there when when that wasn't so. No, in fact, I remember on that particular play, Bubba, my wife, who is a um, who's a very casual college football fan, said, "What was that? He just ran to the side and threw the ball out of bounds." So I, you know, it it, it was pretty evident on that play. There wasn't a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, so that's one of those things. I uh, mean, just you, you would have you would have hoped um, would have been a little bit farther along right now. Um, you know. Speaking from experience, you know, definitely, you know, depending on a quarterback's pass and, you know, how much he's been protected, not protected, um, that was something I had to come, had to overcome at times. You know, standing there uh, and staying in the pocket rather than having those happy feet and um, and getting flushed from the pocket when when I was not being flushed and just false pressure there, and uh, so, you know, hopefully. Hopefully Mason will just continue to improve in that regard. Uh, another play that Matt and I were discussing, can't can't remember if we uh, shared this in the group text or not, but um, this was after we were trailing 24 to 13, right after uh, Rasheen Ali from Marshall had the 57-yard touchdown run with a little over seven minutes to play. We're facing a second and long at our own 25, uh, second and 10, I believe, to be exact, and – there you see two receivers split out to each side for our viewers. And, um, you know, Marshall had the two high safety look. And then their cornerback uh, to the top of the screen there, 10 yards off the ball. And uh, we were just a little – we're nonchalant um, throwing this route. Um, there's no reason throwing interception here. Josiah Hatfield uh, ran a five-yard, uh, not a very good route in my opinion, five-yard hitch route. And then you had Antonio Ferguson, freshman tight end there in the slot. He ran a 10-yard stop route. And uh, Mason elected to throw it to, to Josiah, which, which was fine. Uh, the, the flat defender there that's lined up just inside of, of Antonio Ferguson there, um, just inside the hash mark to the top of the screen, um, that defender moved out toward uh, Josiah Hatfield. He widened. So really the better throw would have probably been to, to Ferguson perhaps, but either, either way, um, Garcia should have had a completion here. Uh, just didn't throw it on time, a little nonchalant and getting the ball out. Not, not quickly enough. And um, also I want to note um, 
you know, Josiah didn't do a good enough job working back to the football and kind of a, a bit of a lazy route on, on this particular play. And, uh, you know, if he works back to the football, the, the um, interception may not occur as well. Got to help your quarterback. Hey, guys, we got uh, Shell from Charlotte on the line. Shell, brother, what's up? Hey, man, how are you? Good. Oh, yeah, we get your thoughts on the game. I know you're in the Queen City. And first of all, how's Randy doing with uh, his sports? And then we'll get to football. Uh, we'll he's cut, doing good, you. man. They're, uh, they're doing well. Charlotte Catholic, is. Uh, they played on national television two weeks ago. It's Providence Day on ESPNU for high school football, which is crazy, but they're, uh, they're three and one and, uh, they're doing well. Thank you. He starts fall ball across, but, uh, yeah, he's got both those sports going right now. So thanks for asking. Hey, Matt. Yes, sir. How you doing, Shell? Hey buddy. Guess who I'm having uh, breakfast with on Thursday morning this week. Uh, Jeff. Correct. Jeff Carr. <laughs> Jeff Carr. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm catching up. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna see Jeff on uh, Thursday morning. So I'll tell him you said hello. Oh, absolutely. We were texting a little bit over the weekend, but uh, definitely tell him I said hello. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, so my 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 first thought is I don't have the numbers in front of me, Bob. I know you would, but when Alex came in, they knew we were throwing the football, and I don't know that he had maybe ten yards less total than. Garcia, and I know Alex is not a big runner, but he can run the ball. So the big question I have for all of you is, do you think that the coaching staff puts Alex in as a starter for App State and just says, look, it's your game. Don't look over your shoulder. We're not pulling you out. If you throw a pick, just, you know, play your game. Because, I I mean, I, I don't see. I mean, it's like – it's like a point guard or a shooting guard in basketball. You miss a couple shots and they pull you. So I'll, I'll listen to your thoughts. Based on what I've seen, um, and just going with gut feel here and what I saw yesterday, I, I think that we'll probably see Mason starting. But uh, I definitely share your thoughts there as far as Alex Flynn. You know, he came in. Came in cold against Michigan. I mean, he knew he was coming into the game. That had been discussed prior to the game. But um, still, not the easiest of situations just to come into the game there early on in the second quarter. Um, performed well. Um, then not as well in the third quarter. And then we brought Mason back in. But, uh, yeah, last night, uh, to your point, I, I think Mason finished up with 62 yards passing and Alex had 61. And um, – it looked like the interception that Alex Flynn threw is perhaps miscommunication there with the receiver, where the receiver turned in and he and Alex threw a comeback where he was expecting him to work back at an angle toward the sideline. And instead he did so to the inside. So um, that interception is a little bit easier for, for me to, to take than the, than the one that we just discussed um, with, with Mason, um, just from a more of a coaching standpoint, but um yeah, I, I like the um, the thought of, of starting Alex and then, you know, Mason prep to go as well and ha have his package to take advantage of uh, his strengths. Now, do you, Bubba, you said you think we're going to start Mason against the app. Did you mean to say that? That's just based on my gut feel. I mean, obviously, you know, 
a lot goes into it that we're not privy to. That, that's just based on kind of my gut feel in this situation, not what I what I would do, but what I think the the coaching staff may do. Uh, personally, um, based on what I've seen, which is nowhere near, you know, the not even. Uh, it's a extremely small percentage of uh, what our staff sees day in day out, but uh, based on our limited body of work, I, w- I would say uh, a- Alex Flynn uh, w- would start. So you think Flynn will start against App, not Mason? Okay, you said Mason. No, I said that Alex is who I would start based on what I've seen. But if I had to, if I had Never. to project uh, it, I would say Mason will probably start. But we we shall see. Guys, did you see that uh, one of the things I was frustrated, our our good old friend Stevie Fly was with us last night and his daughter. And we were talking about the long ball. Did you see how quickly that, you know, Alex threw a a long ball? Was it 37 yards or something? Yeah, yeah, it was it was as soon as he came off the bench. Um, I I think you got to start Flynn. I think um, I I think Mason. He's shown the he does not have the mental. Let me let me rephrase that. I'll just say it like this: uh, he's exactly. too scared. He's too scared to throw the ball more than eight yards downfield. He he he's he's just too scared. And I I, I don't see how in the world you don't. What I would do is kind of what Bubba alluded to that he would do. I would start Flynn and draw up some passages for Garcia. Like you used to see in the early 2000s with the old school Wildcat quarterback, you know, you don't see the Wildcat as much as you used to. But that's what I would do with Garcia. I would start Flynn and then have some packages specifically designed for Garcia to take advantage of his running ability. Where you even take the, the basically the only throw he has if he throws it to go deep, kind of like what James Summers did before people wouldn't leave Ruffin alone and made him start him uh, instead of Blake uh, back in 15. But just. Yep. just Start Flynn, drop some packages for Garcia to utilize his running ability and his ability to throw the ball deep. Where, where if he throws it, pretty much that's his only thing is to is to throw is to go deep because it's supposed to be a strength, but we haven't seen him do it. We we haven't seen the damn. It's amazing. People talk about the arm strength he has. We haven't seen him throw a deep ball. Yeah, that's yeah. that was one. Hey, hey Matt. Hey, 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 Dave. Yeah, go ahead, chill. So I think what Kyle is saying, I agree with him, because when when you look at Flynn, right, the kid is crazy smart. I mean, he's getting his MBA right now. He's going to go to med school when he finishes. Right. So to to Matt and Bubba, you know, as former players, when you when you watch these quarterbacks, that their eyes move and they go progression one, progression two, progression three, and I think Alex hasn't been given the chance to get into a rhythm, but he does see the progressions. I mean, he he moves quickly with his eyes. And I think, like Kyle said, listen, there's no doubt that Mason can throw it through a freaking concrete wall. But I just don't <laughs> think that he can make those reads and move in real time to D1 defenses. I just don't think he can. I think Alex can they just got to give him a chance. That's what I was uh, – yeah, that's exactly you know kind of where I was coming from based on what I saw in his three or four series that he had up at the big house. You know, those three or four possessions, for the most part, he, he looked um, very 
in control of what he was doing. And even when things went a little awry and he got some pressure, he showed some nice escapability there. Um, he attempted to escape to his left and then was able to reverse field and then was able to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage to avoid the sack. So, um, you know, all in all, I mean, I've, I've liked what we've seen out of the, the four or five series that we've seen Alex Flynn, and I, I would like to see him more. Um, hopefully this time in a starting role against App State. Um, but something else of note, uh, we'll, we'll discuss this here shortly, is just um, our inability thus far to run the football um, other than our quarterbacks. Um, we've had a very limited number of rushing yards through two games out of our running backs. Yeah, and I think that, Bubba, is something we really need to evaluate moving forward. I think that we want to be a run-first football team, and I think we need to reevaluate that a little bit. And, and what I'm saying is, you know, there's one school of, so of thought where you – you know, if you look at App State, for example, they run the ball to set up play action, and they're very effective at it. They run the, the zone stretch, and they set you up. They keep running it. They keep running it. And then they guess what? They hit you with the play action over the top. And they did it yesterday against North Carolina at least two or three times. Yeah, they did. Um, yep. And that's a very effective play. I think that's who we want to be, but it's not who we are. We need to be the type of team that spreads yep. you out. Yep. We need to open up lanes. We need to pass first, in my opinion, or at least attempt it, and then try to mix in the ground game. I just – I don't think we have the offensive line this year to just line up and pound people and move people. Um, there's no evidence that we do at this point. It's just we haven't seen it. And what I would really try to do is spread people out. Um, I would try to open things up in the passing game. Maybe I would I would also pick up the tempo a little bit, a little up tempo, all right, and then blend in the running game when you can start to create some lanes. I think it's just a different philosophy of looking at things. Yeah, and kind of to your point, Matt, I mean, let's go back 26 years ago to that 1997 uh, that you were a part of your senior season. And you'll recall uh, your junior year, we had such a veteran offensive line, you know, with the likes of um, Jamie Gray, um, et cetera. But um, the, the following year, uh, after some losses on the O-line, you know, Scott Harley following 16, 1,700 rushing yards, in 96, uh, we only had Scott rush for 400, 450 yards uh, in that 97 season. And Steve Logan, I mean, realizing that that team's, that particular offensive line strength was not run blocking, and we started throwing the ball even more. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, how balanced we were um, under Steve Logan most years when we had that, that ability. But um, Coach Logan knew the strength of that team and – I want to say it was that Cincinnati game on game 11 or excuse me, game 10 of that season. That was in the rain at, um, at Dowdy Ficklin. And you recall, Matt, we threw it about 60 or 70 times in, in the rain. A lot. Sure do. That was the last game I ever played in, in college. And, you know, it's actually a great example that you make, Bubba, because there are a lot of similar similarities between that 97 team and this year's team in terms of, 96, we graduated a ton of talent, a ton of talent. Right. And 97 was almost a transitional year where we were trying to find our footing and we were trying to break in a lot of new faces and a new quarterback. And there was a lot of talent on that team, but it hadn't yet 
blended together like 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 it needs to, especially early in the season. As the season went on, it did, and you you could see a lot in that in this team where we lost a lot of talent, and you know you lost a, a few linemen in the portal, and I think that's killing us right now. But it, this is going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I think we'll get better as the season, as the season goes on, but. I'm not going to excuse last night. We should have won that game. One thing I brought up last night on hey, Radio. Hey, hey, Matt, I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Wow, step over, Michelle. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I got a little bit of delay here. I'm, I'm on my cell phone. Sorry, Kyle. So, Matt, when you say play fast, you know, as a former player at East Carolina, wouldn't you need or don't you need a cerebral quarterback that can make the adjustments really quick with the plays coming in so fast. I was watching this thing with uh, the the QB thing on Netflix, and Kirk Cousins was talking about how much information they have to process. Yep. And when it comes in so fast, you've got to be able to process it so quickly if you're going to play at that speed. Oh, absolutely. You have to process information quick. You have to be able to – you know, be very comfortable with the offense and the checks. You have to have full command of the offense to do it. And But in addition to that, it keeps the defense from substituting. And so you can find matchups. You know, you, it's easy to easier to find matchups because let's just say you, you catch the defense with, you know, a 240-pound linebacker on a field as opposed to a 200-pound nickel. Guess what? Now I have a matchup with my slot receiver I can take advantage of. They can't substitute. So I think you make a really good point, and uh, there's no doubt. All right, Shell, do you have anything else? No, sir. I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys and appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great week. And uh, a lot of people from Charlotte are heading up to uh, Appalachian this weekend. So go power. All right, drive safe and give my best to Randy. Good luck to him. Thanks, buddy. All right, you appreciate well. you. All right, bye. All right, if you want to call in tonight, 252-290-0375. People are trying to call in, so call back, 252-290-0375. If you're watching, we've got the number on the screen. If you're listening tonight, 252-290-0375 is the number. And uh, Matt and uh, Kyle and Bubba, for me uh, personally, um, do you think I'm going to ask this question while we're waiting for our folks to call? And I think we've got our caller in right now, and I'll put them on the line. Hang on one second, guys. All right, we got Stevie on the line. Stevie from Lasker, North Carolina. What's up, bro? I think I, I, think, I think I know him. We know you. You've got you that. You think you know me? No, I'm pretty sure. Show on Wednesday night, just another sports podcast for everybody at eight o'clock. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, you ready to translate? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got you. All right. Well, I'm ready to translate for Stevie. Whatever he says, I'll, I'll translate it from uh, from Northeastern North Carolina English into regular Southern English. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, every everything you guys said has been true about last night. You know, to give up 21 points in the fourth quarter in, in the span of like eight minutes of the fourth quarter uh, when we had a chance to put it away. And do we not have – I know we uh, – I know we run the ball, we run the ball, but we, do we not have any misdirection plays or something like that? Because I, I told Dave, like Kyle, Kyle said he texted Dave oh, oh, from that third down play yeah. or before that third down play saying we need to we need to do a, a gadget play. Yeah, I, I told Dave, I said, we need to do something right now 
that's just something we haven't done all night right here and get this first down and try to seal this game. And little did I know Marshall was probably was listening and they decided to do it on the next possession, which was a great call at the right time. But uh yeah, it's as far as Mason goes, and I'm not a I never played quarterback, uh, but just watching him, he looks very uncomfortable in the pocket. Just like you said, he does he gets one read and then he, he it's like he wants to take off. Uh, he's throwing off balance a lot, which his arm strength that he's got is – I've always heard he had incredible arm strength, but when you throw off balance and you're not set, trying to throw this way, just like Bubba said with that <clears throat> that passing through the interception, very nonchalant on that on that one. You can see that coming, yep. uh, the interception. That I mean, I, I saw that coming as soon as he threw it. But uh, I don't know what it, what the problem is with him, whether he's, he's scared to throw it. I feel like Kyle, Kyle said or, or not. But, you know, it was it just amazed me that as soon as Flynn gets in the game, he airs it out. And I'm like, where has this been all night? Is this is this something they're, they're calling with Mason and he's yep. just not he's scared to do it or, or, or what? I don't it's know. I, I, I think he's scared. Um, uh, Stevie, and I, and I think what you and Bubba are calling nonchalant, and I think you guys are – you're seeing it as nonchalant. And, and you know, Bubba's cut, played to college, coached high school. Steve, you coach high school. I don't think at that point in the game, Mason's being nonchalant. I think it's like – What I mean by – to clarify, what I mean by nonchalant, I, I don't – he just didn't have enough sense of urgency. You know, right. you know in his mind, what I'm saying is, you know, he's there. He sees that corner 10 yards off the ball. You know, he didn't. He didn't just I mean, catch Life the snap and get get rid of it quickly enough. He's second guessing himself, right? Instead of you know, just uh, hey, well, here's the here, there, 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 should not, there should not be an interception on, on that play. And, and correct. And, and I'm no, not saying, no. Mason Garcia uh, knows this. It's one of those things. I mean, in back when I was playing, I certainly threw bad bad interceptions like that at times where. Where you and that's something that you you know you just have to learn from it, move on, and just like how in the, you go back and look at the film, like how in the world did you know I not just catch it and get rid of it and throw that pick? Yeah, yeah I, and, go ahead, Steve. To, to be fair, there were some drops on the passing through yesterday, but if he's throwing out of field, we got Bubba's cell phone connection. <laughs> Stevie's got that uh, that, that wonderful uh, cell phone there in uh, Alaska, North Carolina. Am I going in and out? There yeah. you go. You're clear now, Stevie. Repeat what you said again. Okay. I I turned my chair around a little bit, so I must be getting good connection. But, yeah, <laughs> the thing in a nutshell is if, if he's scared to throw the ball down the field deep because he's going to make a mistake, he just needs to look at what he's done these first two games because it, it it can't get any worse than what he's done the first two games. Oh yeah, it can. He's got <laughs> either, oh, uh, not from what I that first what we had four first downs the first half. Yeah, and I can't get much worse offensively. Not. Yeah, exactly. Now defense, I'll give defense credit. Defense did a great job yep. keeping us in that game. Defense stayed on the field too long. Amen. Um, you and, could tell, in the, and that's why we broke down, and I was going to say that, and I'm glad you brought that up, Stevie. That's why in the fourth quarter the span went so fast because 
our guys were just you could tell that you and I were talking about that sitting beside each other there watching the game. You could tell in the fourth quarter the defense had lost a step or two. And what I saw was some frustration on defense with some guys not yeah. not playing. You got some guys getting the boo boo face, I think, is what I saw on defense and not following through and executing the way they were supposed to and the way they were earlier in the game. Well, the the straw that broke the camel's back, when they went, just like you and me talked last night, Kyle, they, the defense got down after that that gadget play, yep. the, yep. the pass that put, put them up 17-13, and it looked like the offense panicked and yep. it was just going, and then the defense, after the offense didn't get anything going, they're right back out there. Like frustration, frustration, and 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 fatigue set in, and it just went for. And then you know you throw an interception deep in your own territory after that, and, it, and defense scored. was just yeah, it, it was it was a combination, I believe, of frustration and fatigue. Yeah, but I will say this, and uh, I, I sure played well. Go ahead, Stevie. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. No, I was going. I was going to say, you know, defense played well, but I, I fatigue is one thing. I, I don't the, look. I don't give a shit. It, 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 Matt, you played. I'm sure you got frustrated at linebacker. You, you, you can't get mad at the offense and then start taking plays off. You, you kept us in. Nah, you kept us in the game yeah. this far. Finish. Finish it. You know, finish playing the game the way you've played it for three and a half quarters. It, you have some pride in what you're doing. And and if nothing else, it's something to build on, and it's something for the offense to go. Hey, the defense never quit on us despite us not producing. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna forgive any frustration. Fatigue, I'll forgive. Frustration, I will not. No question. There's penalties, by the way, especially that one I was telling uh, I was telling Stevie that uh, <laughs> that that uh, play, and I was telling Matt that out of bounds uh, play, that late hit. The guy was at the water. Oh, yeah. at the, he was at the Gatorade cooler. He was that far out of bounds, and so I was like, "As much as I pick on officials, uh, I can't say anything about that one because that was blatant. I mean, there was no way you could argue for your team on that one." Yeah, I mean, and you know, just to kind of chime in on the defense a little bit, and I, I think there's definitely a lot of positives from the defense. I, I think the front seven. I think it's pretty obvious they are really stout against the run. That's the strength of our team right now is, is the front seven on defense. We're very good against the run. But we are really struggling in the secondary right now, guys. And there were there yeah, were like four or five drop passes last night that Marshall, had they caught those balls, this game, I mean, yep. they would have scored a lot more. And, you know, we got fortunate with those drops. And right now there's a lot of questions for me about this defense in terms of, first of all, we're not generating any pressure. We're just not getting any pressure. And conversely, you know, we're not covering anybody in the secondary. I mean, there were numerous times last night where people were just running free through the secondary. And this is, this is actually, you can go back to the um, Houston game last year, the last five games, we've had major issues in the secondary. Um, even against Coastal, against their fourth-string quarterback, there were guys – they hit us on, like, at least three deep balls that night. Um, so we need to clean some things up. And it's great to be stout against a run, but if you're getting gashed in the secondary, you know, that's not good. And, and we better clean it up fast because App State, 
um, is a very good offensive yeah. team. What do you think about that, Stevie? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. We there, there, there was a lot, and Matt, I don't know if you agree with this. Or not there was a lot of soft play in the secondary. Uh, they were giving up, you know, and just like you said, there were guys running, running wide open at times. There was a play, I think it was in the second quarter. No, maybe it was the first quarter that a long pass that that ECU player got beat. I don't know which one it was in secondary. And luckily, the guy dropped it right there. Yes, I know. I know the exact yeah. play you're talking about is down the Marshall sideline, Stevie. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the third, we've got them backed up when the when the uh, I think it may have been when the quarterback stepped out of bounds. We got them back up on like a third and and eighteen, and they could somehow you got a guy that gets behind the corner and the safety is not coming over quick enough to get it. He gets 19 yards. He gets just enough to get the first down and they keep the drive going. That, that was one thing too. We didn't, we didn't make a lot of stops on third down to get the defense off the field either. And that goes back to the secondary because the majority of the times it, it was pass plays that got, you know, whether it was a nine or 10 yard. And it, I mean, these are like third and eight, third and nine or like a third and 18. They were getting just enough out of a pass to get to keep that drive going. And I mean, you can't have that. I'm like you, Matt. They really need to clean up that secondary play. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, th- this may sound crazy, guys, but you remember a few years back, our maybe our best pass rusher we've ever had. Well, one of them got a lot of good ones, Nate Harvey. This dude oh, yeah. was mm-hmm. one block. Oh, yeah. He was like a fifth string running back here, and yeah. somehow they identified him, Kyle. And I would really take a look at the roster. I, I honestly, this might sound like very high schoolish or whatever, but I would take a look at that roster and I would say, if it's a third and long, we got to find somebody who can come off the edge and get some pressure. There's got to be somebody on that roster. I don't care who it is. If it's a backup wide receiver, take a deep look, right? Matt, you, if you remember, I don't know, maybe you never followed TCU this closely, but when, um, when Gary Patterson really had it going at TCU, um, he, one of the things he used to do was recruit high school running backs to play on the defensive line. So, C.J. Wilson. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, C.J. CJ, yeah, CJ Wilson's an example at East Carolina. There you go. High school running back that it, it became a very good defensive lineman. And we got to see it. Uh, we, his ability to run with the football on that PAT against Southern Miss that was so yeah. crucial oh, wow. in that yeah. game. For the East Division, block, block the extra point, ran it back for two. Yeah, Huge two play in that game. Yep. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. Wow. That, that, that was if, – if he don't make that play, I think we lose that game. That was – that was like a yeah, – and huge, that's like a – when that happens, like a backbreaker. Oh, yeah, huge momentum swing. Yeah, because Southern yeah. Miss had just gotten the momentum and we took it right back instantly. So – Speaking of which, uh, guys, I know that we're talking East Carolina, but uh, speaking of Southern Miss, man, Florida State, uh, they will definitely be in the Final Four. And uh, I, 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 like I think as we sit here tonight, Florida State's the best team in college football. Now, yeah. who knows by the end oh, of the yeah. year. But as we sit here tonight, I, I think if we sit here tonight, I think they would beat Georgia if they played. Now, who knows by the time January gets here. Yeah, I don't think – and sorry for my dog fans listening tonight. Uh, if there are anybody out there, I don't think there's going to be a three-peat. No, no, I don't. No. All right, Stevie, you got right, anything guys, else? I'm going to for y'all so somebody else can call in. But, uh, All right, bro. Uh, appreciate you guys taking my call. All right, enjoyed it last night.
Thanks, yeah, Stevie. Have a good day. Appreciate it, buddy. No problem. Y'all man. have a good Anytime. one. See you All right. We'll see you All Wednesday, right. Stevie. All right, boy. <laughs> Stevie, try that in a small town, buddy. <laughs> Did you like that comment the other day? I was just joking. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, Monica says the Logan way, recruit good athletes and plug them. Absolutely, Monica. You know, the uh, guys we're talking about having the – we're talking about having – the, the change up. Do you think, uh, do you think the coaching staff will have a sense of urgency to make some changes, some wrinkles? Um, you know, like I, I think Flynn is ready, you know, like we were talking about starting Flynn. If you start Flynn, Flynn looked very sharp on his throws. Bubba, I want to ask you and Matt, were, were there any throws that you were like, he, he seemed extremely, I know uh, Matt said the, uh, the command, but he seemed extremely confident. And one thing that I was going to say about Mason earlier, last night, Dave, yeah, well, you know, Alex threw the pick. Uh, I referenced that yeah. earlier, but but it looked like from what I could see on film, you know, just based on you know how Alex, you know, his footwork and how he threw the football, it looked as though he was expecting, you know, like a fifteen back to twelve comeback, uh, and right, you know, he he threw it on the outside. The receiver turned in, so no, you you don't like any interception, but that's one, you know. As a coach, you know, I could live with a little bit more than the one uh, where we didn't throw the ball on time, uh, where, where you had a corner playing 10 yards off and you ran a five-yard hitch and it gets picked. To me, it's not even this, this complicated. To me, I really go back to it being as simple as this. Flynn doesn't look scared. Mason does. Flynn doesn't look scared to throw the ball downfield. Mason is. To me, that is as simple as that. I, I, don't, I don't even have to break down the interceptions or – it's it's that simple. Mason may look like Brett Favre in practice, but he looks like I don't know. He, besides running the ball, he's scared to death. To, he's scared to death to throw the ball. He second guesses himself constantly. You cannot play the quarterback position like that. You 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 can't. It doesn't matter how talented you are. When so you I, say I, scared, I I, I, obviously Kyle means scared as far as you know throwing. Scared to make a mistake. Yes. Throwing an interception. Yes, I'm not. He's not scared to take a hit. He, he's scared he's gonna screw up, and uh, I think you, you gotta, I think you got to start Flynn. I, I don't even think it's a question. Uh, I think you, you have to start him because Mason is, is playing scared, and maybe maybe Mason will show something in practice this week that he can then take into the game against the App. But I, it, it, if I would be shocked if we don't start Alex Flynn against Appalachian State Saturday. I mean. Shocked, I, I, Bub. I know you said that's what you would do to start Flynn, but you still think the staff is going to start Garcia? I, I, yeah. I mean, if I had to put money on it, that's what I, that's yeah. what I would, I think put put money on. But uh, I'll take your bet because I bet you they start Flynn. I, I just don't uh, see how you can start Garcia. I, I hope hope you're right. And um, Emmanuel, you know, has- as as we said, uh, this is not uh, any anything uh, other than based on just what we've seen. Thus far, and Mason Garcia has definitely done some good things, especially running the football. And speaking of running the football, wanting to go to the, some comments that Elliot Jamison had chimed, chimed in with um, back several minutes ago. Um, he says, "Does he think run the ball, and you know, between the tackles on first down, every time works? It hasn't." We were discussing that this afternoon, um, and 
some of the numbers. Now, obviously, a lot goes into this, and this this is just on a very general level. I mean, this is not taken into consideration, you know, field position, down in distance, time and score, um, all all those sorts of things. But, uh, you know, obviously, for the most part, these are you – know, it's first and ten um, – you know, with the exception of, you know, when you get a penalty and it's first and 15 or 20. But um, we'll actually come back to that graphic shortly. But uh, the numbers, over the, first two, over the first two games, we have run 46 plays on first down. Uh, we have th- thrown the ball 22 times. We have run the ball 24 times. That's a little surprising. And, and it is. But if you look at it a little closer – Nine of those 22 pass attempts on first down came once the issue was decided ah, on that, okay. that final possession against Michigan. We threw it four or five times in a row. And last night when Alex came in, he threw it, I think, four consecutive plays. So when you when you really look at the first down numbers, take those nine first down passes um, when the issue was decided out of the equation, we're really – it's more like 65-35 or, or 70-30. Yeah, and, and you got to be that, – that's too predictable. And particularly if you ain't having success at it. I will say this, and this is something I've been meaning to point out all show and haven't had a chance to yet. Um, everybody knows how good Michigan's defense is. I don't know if everybody knows how good Marshall's defense is. Look, Marshall won nine games last year, and it was doing what they did last night, playing good defense and running the football. That's what they do. That's their identity. And that's kind of the point I was making all week is they have their identity. We don't. Yeah, that is one of the best defenses we will see all year. I, I do want people to realize that. So don't be shocked if we go up to App and put up. You know, we're not going to beat App unless you know, unless App somehow shits the bed. We're not going to beat App. Um, I just don't see it happening. But don't be shocked if we go up there and score like twenty four points, twenty eight points, something like that. Because App's got a much better offense than Marshall, um, and and is designed to score more points than Michigan. I won't say they have a better offense than Michigan. It is more it is more high scoring than Michigan. Michigan's obviously more talented. But their defense is going to be of the three teams we've seen so far, the worst defense. So I would expect us to score more points this coming up week, but it just ain't gonna be enough points. Yeah, Kyle, yeah. kind of to that point very quickly, Matt, uh, while we're on that topic, uh, I had an app state fan reach out to me earlier this afternoon, uh, you know, a close friend of mine. And uh, he, he Grew up a mountaineer, attended App State, and he we were talking about things, how each other's games went yesterday and last evening, and, and he's like, he said, yeah, he said, um, I know you, you guys are struggling to run the football. Um, you know, our run defense may be exactly what your uh, offensive line and and um, you know, run game needs to see, and I said, well, "Oh, then maybe you're right about starting." Matches. And and then I said, "But you could also turn around and say the same thing the the other way." So um, this one of those something's got to give situations uh, because the target did, did eclipse. I want to say 200 yards. I'll get that exact total, and and they, and they were really having a lot of success running the football. But and go ahead, Matt. What what did you have? Well, you know, I was going to say, if we do decide to start Mason, I want to see us play to his strengths. Right. And what, what, now, I've heard about the Rocket. I don't want to sound like I'm banging on Mason, guys. He's a young guy. In no way am I writing him off. Okay, I want to make that clear. You better not be banging on Mason. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, so I, I just I don't want to do that. Yesterday was obviously not a good performance, right? 
That doesn't mean we're throwing him away. It just means right now he's not ready yet to take full command, and we need to give Flynn an opportunity, all right? But if we are to start Mason again, let's play to his strengths. Supposedly he's got this rocket arm, D-Rich. Yeah. Let's let's let him throw the ball deep a little bit. Let's I'm... test the arm. How yeah. about how about some wide receiver screens? What do you do with a strong arm quarterback who is not necessarily able to get to his second and third read? You give him one read, a wide receiver screen. He has the cannon of an arm to, to get it out horizontally. All right. What about some tunnel screens? What about yeah. some fades, some posts? I mean, what is happening? Not one deep ball yesterday. It's inexplicable, Dave. What, what do you think they were called, Matt? He just didn't. And th- th- that was the primary read on some of those. Some of those times he pulled it down and ran it. Do you do you, do you think some yeah. of that was called and he just didn't throw it, Matt? If it was called and he didn't throw it, I'm taking him out immediately. Me too. Me I too. think it's. I think it's both. I think. I think it, this, some of that is happening, and I think some of it is the conservative play calling. I think well, it's that kind of goes back to what we were discussing in the first ten or fifteen minutes of the show um, regarding. You know, the RPO game and you know Donnie right. Kirkpatrick, the, the the weekly press conference following the Michigan game that Wednesday of you know Marshall week, you know, he referenced that and just saying that you know, he he was calling that because that was one of Mason's strengths, and but it, yeah. apparently it was part of the RPO rather than just calling a, a takeoff route or a fade route, whatever you want to call it, and so. I would like to see us, you know, call some sort of vertical concept and and uh, when when it's there and and not be part of an RPO situation. What about zone read, uh, guys? Do you think uh, because he's got he's run so well, is there any kind of zone? You remember when uh, was it Mark Crandall or different quarterbacks we've had where we're not going to do it? I'm not saying do it the whole game, but throw in some zone read from time to time. If he can do it, he's got the he's got the athletic ability to do it. I, I'm a big fan of the option game, particularly when you when you've got multiple running backs that, that can do what right. we can do, and you got a quarterback that can run. I think it's definitely something we should try to utilize, but we don't seem to. We haven't done it under uh, under the staff because under the uh, as far as the Marshall game under the what I have here that they sent out to us, they have Mason Garcia. 16 carries for 132 yards. They have Rajay Harris, nine carries for 29 yards. Uh, Marlon Gunn, four carries for seven yards. And um, Bond, Javius Bond, six carries for nine yards. So when you look yeah. at the, uh, when you look at that, guys, when you have Bond and, and Gunn only having 16 yards combined, um, that tells you that when you see Mason with the 132, um, that's another thing. He's constantly, some of those were designed yesterday. And then we were talking about, Matt said it best. He gets happy feet. He panics. He sees one read that's the first, like he sees his first read covered, and he's yeah. like, and that, and that one thirty-two. Half of that came on those yards. Primarily those first yards came on one long run, and then the and then the first drive of the four, of the third quarter. They primarily came on those two drives. Right. And and Dave, you were talking about the discrepancy in numbers. The the numbers that that I have here. The, these are the uh, season statistics, not not the Marshall statistics. So Mason Garcia, as you see, uh, has 24 carries for 154 yards, right at six and a half per um, this season. But as far as our running backs, Rajay Harris, 
Javius Vaughn and Marlon Gunn, um, that trio has 33 rushes for uh, 92 yards. So that's ridiculous. What, what, what 2.9 yards per carry? So that's that gives you an idea of, you know, outside the quarterback, how much we struggle to run the ball. And I, and just off the top of my head, I know last night Rajay had a 14 or 16 yard run. I know at Michigan he had a 16 yard run. So if you really, um, want some mind-boggling numbers, you take out that 32 yards. And I know you're going to have big plays mixed in, but this just shows just how extreme it has been, our inability to run the football. What you would have, what, 31 attempts for about 60 yards, so less than two yards per carry? Matt Bubba, what are y'all seeing on defense? Is the defense just saying these guys can't throw it, won't throw it, so we're just going to gear up and stop the run? Are you guys seeing that on defense? Matt's probably looked at that a little bit more closely than, than I have. Uh, Matt, uh, what, what have you seen uh, from from Michigan and Marshall to that? Well, absolutely. I mean, if I if I was a defensive coordinator right now playing against East Carolina, I would just load. I would just <laughs> I would just load the box, take Has away that the run. With Marshall. Did Marshall do that much last night? You know what? I don't have the game film, so it's kind of hard to tell. And I haven't really looked, gone back and analyzed the whole game. So it's a, it's a good question. But I, I think right now, if you if you take away the run, you, you know, you're going to have success because we haven't proven that we can throw the ball effectively at all. So that's right. what I would do. And, um, you know, you combine that with a lot of new faces on the offensive line, you know, a lot of new faces, you know, it, Kyle, the loss of Strother and Avery Jones to the portal was massive, and we have a lot of new faces up there, and and I think those things are really hurting us. So, but but yeah, to answer the question, load the box, you take away the run, you make East Carolina beat you with the passing game, and um, that's what I think. That's what any coordinator is going to do right now. I I don't. I just. I don't think we have. You know, you you look at the running backs we have. And they're really the only weapons we have on offense. So, you know, with apologies to, you know, I, I know um, Jalen Johnson's got some talent and, uh, you know. Uh, we have Patterson. Yeah, I, I just Balding, don't. Hey, they're improving, man. What, what has Brock Spalding done? I mean, he hasn't done anything. Yeah, hey, we, 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 we just, I, I don't think. got to get done, it to him, too. Yeah, I know. But I just don't think we did a very good job. And I, this is the point I was going to make earlier in something I said on Heart Radio last night. I don't think. I don't think Coach Houston prepared for year five, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. I think he thought he was going to be gone. I really believe he thought last year we were going to win 10, 11 games, and he's going to be in the ACC or SEC. He coached three years at Lenore Ryan, two years at the Citadel, three years at James Madison. He's never been anywhere for a year five. And you can say he's never been anywhere for a year four. Well, year four was more like year three because, you know, of the COVID year. He, he he's never he you know so I, like I say I think I maybe I'm wrong and you know uh, if it gets back to him and it pisses him off so be it but I really believe he thought last year we were going to have a breakout year we came close if we beat NC State Navy he probably ain't here right now and I really don't think he prepared for year five um, that's really truly I think what we're seeing a lot of is lack of preparation particularly on the offensive side of the ball for year five and I said that all year. When people were like, we're going seven, eight, nine. I was like, why? I don't see it. I was like, I don't see it. I, we have too many unproven commodities on offense. And I think right. that's, that's being well, seen right now. Let me say this. The one thing we know about East Carolina is games we should win, we don't. And games we shouldn't win like App, we can. 
And, you know, it's funny with our fan base, as soon as, as soon as we're all upset about the Marshall game, yours truly, I'm putting myself in there. But then I started thinking about today, you know what, um, this, this coaching staff, I do believe in this coaching staff and I do believe that they, they, uh, mate, you know, the Marshall game, you know, Kyle, you've said about other games in the past with Houston over the last two years. I think Marshall is one they know they should have won. They let it slip away. They had it won. And if they and if they had put Flynn in earlier, we would have definitely had command of the game. You can't help the rain delay. The rain delay didn't hurt us, actually. We started playing better, I thought, with Mason in the third quarter. So it comes down to the sense of urgency. We're going to find out if, if the coaching staff has a sense of urgency. I say, if it's me, I go for broke at App State. Go for everything. Throw everything you can at them because I, I think they've been way too conservative. And I know there's some people out there, there's a school of thought, which is crazy, but but sometimes Matt and Bubba and Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on this. This is something, one of my points I was going to make. Sometimes coaches can be way too smart and they can get in their heads and outthink themselves because they hold back on certain things. App, we don't want App to see this. We don't want Marshall. Nah, well, we weren't, we, we weren't holding shit back, if that's what you're alluding to. <laughs> They have, dude, I'm talking about what I'm talking about is they have because they've had the conservative game plan. And if they will open up the playbook, open up the playbook and look, if uh, if Garcia and Flynn can't help, you know, that they can't handle it. What do we have to lose right now? We're 0-2. We're 0-2. And we're, we could be the, the game I was worried about is game three because I thought we had a shot and we did. We should have won last night and lose next week instead now we've lost last night and now you've got to put you it's like if you want to go to a bowl game you've got to have Appalachian as a win I, I really believe that I thought it was Marshall but now we talked about that nauseum in the preseason and as we're walking our way up to the season so now that you lost a game you should have won now you got to win a game on the road that you probably wouldn't normally win and I'm telling you if I'm Mike Houston, you better open up the playbook and you better let just you're going to have to trust your players. You're going to have to. Matt, you said it best. Whatever Mason strengths, if y'all are really good coaches, I'm going to say this. A good coach puts their teams in the best position to win. And the way they do that, stop being stubborn about running and defense, running and defense, running and defense. If we have to spread them out and we could put 50 points on the board or 40 points on the board, do whatever we have to do, because you know, if you if you go three and nine, this fan base is going to go nuts. So you better wake up and stop being stubborn and win football games. Okay, I'm sorry. Going, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, and I think here's the thing that I'm really looking for moving forward. I think this has reared its head several times, even going back to the NCC game last year. When we get in plus territory, we cannot play for field goals. We have to attack, attack attack we need to score touchdowns all right we have to be a little more aggressive in that spot because this this type of style where we're playing for field goals it's not working out for us too well it's really not um we're not efficient really in the kicking game a little better so far this year but you know i think we've still already missed two of them pretty pretty badly um so i'd rather go down swinging let's let it go Let's let it go, especially in plus territory. I mean, we got to take our chances, and we need to score touchdowns. Well, if we don't come out with the mindset to be more wide open offensively in terms of passing the ball, 
you know, and even if App has trouble start stopping the run, yeah, of course you need to run the ball against App. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you abandon the run, but you, this is 2023. You know, we set football back a hundred years last night. We didn't have a vertical <laughs> passing game. I mean, it was, it was literally like, ah, that's Mason Garcia. Pull it down and run it again. You know, it was, it was, it was literally like the, you know. We, Way the, back. The, forward, the forward pass hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> nice voice. Nice voice. Yeah, I like Thank that. Thank you there. I will call. I will, I will do the rest of the show in a 1920s broadcaster's voice. You sound like uh, a poor man's Keith. <laughs> um, Keith Jackson. Oh, yeah, Keith Whoa, Jackson. Nelly. Whoa, Nelly. Here Whoa. we go in East Carolina. Roll as they take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. <laughs> You're looking live at Kid Brewer Stadium. I, I know that's Brent Musburger. Yeah. 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 Musburger I, was awesome, by the way. He I love awesome. Musburger. Whoa. I love when he did that with the beautiful woman. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was funny because it's so, something an old man. He forgot he was on the air. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Uh, the, the best thing I think I heard uh, from a game last night, while I was watching, um, excuse me, I was listening to on the way to the game. I had it on the uh, Colorado, uh, Matt's favorite team, Colorado. I had it on the, uh, the Colorado Nebraska game on Sirius Satellite Radio. And um, Sirius XM, I guess it's called now, whatever. They're not a sponsor. And uh, the, the Colorado play-by-play guy, uh, Colorado scored a touchdown with four minutes and 20 seconds to go in the quarter. And the Colorado play-by-play guy goes, and Colorado scores with 420 on the clock. What an appropriate time for the Buffaloes to score. <laughs> It's pretty good, Kyle. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that the play-by-play guy said that, but then I remembered weed's legal in Colorado, so – but uh, yeah, if you don't get the 420 reference, uh, it, it was it was a weed reference. That's oh, okay. funny. I think they were the first state to legalize it. They they were they yeah. were, and uh, but I just I was shocked here. The play by play guy uh, use a a a a, a, a pot street term uh, <laughs> on the air. By the what way, is this? Uh, what is this graphic right here? Matt Smith, that's a reference to Coach Prime, Matt. Uh, oh, okay. Given given your love of the. The Buffaloes. Yeah, by you the know, way, did you it's see? Not so much that I don't like Colorado. It's just Coach, my Coach, issue is. Coach Prime, uh, he has a shirt, um, and they're uh, they're readily available for people to purchase there in the Colorado bookstore. And I ain't hard to find. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much that I don't like Colorado. It's just that all of a sudden, everybody you talk to is a Colorado fan. It's like nobody talked about Colorado for 25 years. And yeah, <laughs> Dion's going to do awesome things there, but like – I'm not like it just bothers me. Like you know, I get, I totally understand what you're saying, but you think about it. That's why they brought him there. You know, in addition to obviously, you know, he's assembled an excellent staff. You know, he he took advantage of the current college football rules that allows you to flip a roster. You know, yep. Normally, normally turn around a football program is um, a daunting task, and it's and it still is to a degree. But it, but anybody that you know, has been following what's going on with the transfer portal when you can bring in 60 or 70 new players like you currently can, then um, doesn't make it easy, but it's much easier and it's, it makes it a little bit more like basketball where a basketball team can be flipped uh, annually yep. instead of taking a, in two, three, four years. And there's nobody better for the transfer portal than Deion Sanders. He, he picked right. the perfect time to be a head coach and, and I, I, I was a Dion hater. I'll be honest. I, I thought he, Dion makes everything about himself. I thought he would not succeed at this level. I thought they might go just as bad as last year's Colorado team, go one and eleven. And boy, was I wrong? And I'll admit it. And 
when I'm proven wrong, I'll give credit. So, um, yeah, I won't hate on Dion at all right now because uh, he he's proved me wrong two and zero, and looked good doing it in both games and against two pretty good football teams. And they were one and eleven last year, one and eleven, getting beat by thirty points a game. I understand it's not the same players, but now they're two and zero. Um, next up, they got the in-state rivalry with Colorado State. Um, probably will win that when you get to three and zero. But then Colorado after that, State is awful. That'll be a bloodletting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Shador, and this may very well be another game like TCU, where he, yesterday I think he threw for close to four hundred yards. So. Fully expect him to have another big day, uh, you know, maybe 400-plus passing yards. And uh, he, he's yet to throw an interception. Yesterday, um, the, the Buffs did surrender seven sacks, uh, which w- was uh, kind of surprising given that uh, he threw for 400 yards and they won yep. the game by 22 points. And you don't see many games won by 22 points when uh, you allow seven sacks. But uh, – after uh, what will probably be a 3-0 and start after that game against the Colorado State Rams, you have a trip to Alton Stadium, and then you have USC coming to, That's the one to, I to Folsom Field. Uh, yeah. So um, they have their work cut out for them in games four and five. Yeah, they, they have a – they'll definitely be 3-0, and like you said, Bubba. That's what – you made my point for me, Bubba, is when you look at that schedule. Uh, man, Caleb Williams, uh, if, uh, if they beat USC – then I'll definitely uh, tip my hat. I'm, I understand he's a great motivator. I'm not knocking him. Um, hey, hey, Matt. By the way, uh, I've got a great uh, retirement plan for you. You want to hear? Oh, let me hear it. Let me hear it. Okay, I know you're hating on Dion, but how about if I give you ten percent? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. How about if I give you ten percent of the merch sales for Colorado, like the jerseys, the hats? All the people all of a sudden around are going to be. How are you out. able to do that, Dave? If you're able to get, I'm 10%, just saying. I, mean, no, I think any take, take it for yourself. I'll take any money I can get. I'll 10%, take percent. I'll, I'll take, take anything. Half a percent. Look, let me tell you. Let me just say this, guys. I and yeah, Dave, I'll take it, brother. I'll take okay. it. But uh, Shador Sanders, I mean, I'm beyond yeah, impressed with him. You talk well, about well, strong. You talk about a strong arm, but I really like the scheme they're running. It looks a little bit like Art Riles at Baylor. Ultra, ultra wide, like two wide receivers on each side, spread out beyond the hash marks, um, really stretch your defense, create – when you spread the defense out like that, you create lanes. And when the play breaks down, he can use his athletic ability. And, man, he's got a strong, strong arm. So I am very impressed. I just don't like how everybody's a Colorado fan now. Hey, by the way, you, you brought up a point, Matt. I was going to ask that question is – with our defense we have with Blake Harrell and you take a, a spread offense like what you had with Lincoln Riley, something like they're doing like the air raid now in in Boulder, why, why not all of a sudden start doing that? Because we do have the t- we do have talent enough to run mm-hmm. that. We you do. mean next year? I, I would try now something now. You can't you can't just change the offense in the middle of the year. You you you, you can you can tweak what we're doing, but you can't just put in a whole new scheme we hadn't practiced. Um, I understand but, that to a point. I'm not saying the overhaul, but you can, but you can put wrinkles of it in. Like sure. a, well, you hope you you hope there's some stuff that we've been practicing that we just that yeah. you know maybe we'll show as the season goes on. But um, I, I I don't think as long as Mike Houston's here, we're we ever going to see an air raid style offense. But we can certainly be more 
more passive oriented. We, you know, you, you don't have to, you don't have to be that dramatic. You don't, you don't have to go full on air raid. Um, but we definitely can go spread it out, go wide more and, uh, try to get the ball in space more. I think really that's what everybody's talking about is getting the ball out in space where some of your playmakers can make plays Yep. or, or at this point, hell, just a vertical passing game. And that's another thing at this point. And you just – we talked about, you know, one aspect, you know, running to, to open up the passing game and vice versa. Now nothing nothing's working. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to establish a, a bit of a running game to uh, to open up some things or, or vice versa. I mean, but, I um, mean, you know, some of those short throws um, we have seen – uh, some, some of those um, you know, swing passes and screen passes to the to the running backs, but uh, I really would like to to see um, you know a l- little bit more, um, without a doubt, uh, from the passing game, and ho- hopefully uh, we'll see that be it with Alex or Mason. Uh, and going to some some of the uh, comments here, um, we have. W.J. Uh, O'Connor uh, chiming in on Facebook. Uh, he says, App has a, a JUCO transfer that's doing great at quarterback. Uh, where was, uh, where were we as far as pursuing a, a transfer? Um, so, yes, that is uh, Joey Aguilar. Um, he came in there, I want to say it was maybe late first half or something. But uh, sometime – Second quarter, I want to say, against Gardner-Webb when Ryan Berger, the starter, had gone down with what they thought was just going to be a jam finger or something to that extent. But uh, he's going to be out a significant amount of time, about four weeks. And so Joey Aguilar Aguilar is this um, weekend starter without a doubt. And taking a look at him um, against – Gardner-Webb, he was something like 11 out of 13 for 175 yards and four touchdowns. And then um, give me a moment. Yesterday I can tell you he he had a pretty solid day against the Tar Heels as well. Um, Joey Aguilar in the the Mountaineers, 40 to 35, excuse me, 40 to 34, double overtime loss uh, at Keenan Stadium. Um, Joey Aguilar, 22 of 43, 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also had six carries for 42 yards. So uh, seems as though he may have some of that same mobility that Cam Fancher, the Marshall quarterback, had last night. Cam Fancher didn't run for a ton of yards. I think he had 25 or 30 yards, but he kept a ton of plays alive, and uh, we, we were chasing him all over the field. Yeah, elusive. Yeah, very, very, very elusive. Did you notice how they moved him a lot, guys? A, a lot of movement in the pocket, you know, yes. sort of play action, you know, boot where you get kind of get the defense going one way and then you, and then boot action the other way and you use the tight ends that way. And, you know, I, I really like how they, how they did that. And I think, you know, that that's another thing, too, you can do with a young quarterback is, is move the pocket a little bit more and, um, just just kind of open things up for him a little bit. Let me ask you guys this: At what point in the season, if if the season just if neither one of these two quarterbacks pound out, 
you know, in, in the next few weeks. So let, let's say by game five or six, it, at what point do you, do you, you know, pull the red shirt off Raheem Jeter and try to build for the future? I don't, I don't think he's, uh, I, I, I think it's uh, that question's been asked a few times here tonight on our comment board. I think that a uh, couple so times. So we're Owen. Yeah, we're Owen five. It was, Rich, it was Richard Osbrook. We're Owen six. You you don't you don't think you do that? I think it. I don't think we will be. But I'd be, I would be surprised. If, Maybe in those last four games where you can retain your red shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, I. I think that he's a guy that is, is he's talented. It's not that he doesn't have talent, but Matt, don't you think? I mean, that we're kind of in the same boat. We're we're basically going to throw him into the fire. So then you have three quarterbacks. Um, I know what people say. Well, if you're losing with the, the other two quarterbacks, well, when you get the third one, but I think if you put, I'll just say this: if you put Jeter in now or in a few games, it's like I'm not suggesting now. I, I'm suggesting if. You're 6 I mean, you know, if neither one of these quarterbacks are showing that they can play at this level at that point, I mean, I, I don't know. But, I would, you know, I'm not giving up on – I'm certainly not giving up on Garcia, but I'm definitely not giving up on Flynn yet because Flynn hasn't been given an opportunity yeah. to show what he can do. Yeah. I mean, look, if we get to the eighth game, Kyle, to your point, I mean, I agree. Like, if we're stinking it up and nobody's, you know, yeah. taking this job, nobody's playing well at that point, consider anything. Consider anything. Yeah, that, I was that, joking around with my friend Bobby Weaver today about, you know, we, we we were on a text chain, a bunch of guys. He's got a year of eligibility left. I said, you know, <laughs> might need to dust dust him off at this point. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, by the way, uh, this is a great question from Monica. And Monica, if you want to call in, by the way, we had someone we missed. Call us back, 252-290-0375 if you're just joining us tonight. Uh, Monica says, if we're 0-3, could a confident GW, Gardner-Webb, come in and actually beat us at home? And Monica, yes. they pl- in 2019, no. But now they are much better. They were FCS playoffs last year, and they were ranked at one point um, really high in the polls. I don't know if they still are. Well, the, the scarier part even about being FCS playoffs is how well they played against FBS competition. Um, they played well against, yeah, they played well against that this year. You look last year; they played three FBS opponents. If I remember yep. right, Bub, I don't know if you have I don't Coastal, know Liberty, and Marshall, and, and they um, played all three of them extremely close. Yeah, yep. the the Coastal and Liberty games were literally, you know, within two or three points and came down to the wire. The Marshall game, Marshall won by about I don't know fourteen, I want to say, but right. um, but they pulled away there in the mid middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah, and if that happens, if we're zero three, Gardner Webb comes in here and beats us. Uh, it will be meltdown city. I, I, at that point, um, you'll be seeing yeah. people, despite his success, calling for Mike Houston's head. Because um, you have, and by the way, uh, Kyle is going to bring this up, but you gave me a nice segue for you to talk about uh, a program with JT Daniels. Rice beat overtime in Houston last night. Be Houston, yeah, they beat they, <laughs> they beat overtime. Um, yeah, exactly. Very scary. Uh, you know, you you looked at the schedule and you thought, well, maybe we can get it together. We can beat Gardner Webb and Rice and. Right, take some positive momentum into the middle of the season, but man, now Rice is two is one and one. Uh, their loss to Texas certainly doesn't look bad, and now they beat Houston forty-two to thirty-eight with JT Daniels in overtime. So now Rice is probably a pretty good football team. That probably just wasn't an anomaly. Um, maybe it was, but probably not. So Jimmy Christmas, you better beat Gardner Webb. No yep. doubt. Since we're talking about other early. programs, you know that. 
the coach from Michigan State, guys. You know, he uh, he beat off last night. Yeah, yeah. I um, and it wasn't an open date. So. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll beat off. Well, I I think we've all beaten. I think we've all beaten off from time to time. But uh, hey, that uh, that whole that whole situation stinks to high heaven to me. And you know, and I, and I I don't see how you have it. We'll go ahead and talk about it since we brought it up. He's being accused of, of masturbating on the phone with, with with a woman on the phone, and she's accused him of sexual harassment. And he said it was consensual phone sex. Well, please tell me how you have unconsensual phone sex. If I know somebody is masturbating on the phone and I don't want them masturbating on the phone with me, I'm gonna hang, hang up on. How, how do you? How do you? It doesn't add up to me. And you know, I don't have the facts. I wasn't there, but it just seems to me you got a man with a ten-year contract, which was stupid on the AD's part for $90 million and they want to get out of that contract because he ain't living up to the money. I, I don't know how you don't have, un, I don't know. I it, have you, Has anybody ever been trapped on the phone with somebody masturbating with the, with, with, not with the ability to hang up the phone? I, I just don't see how that's possible. I don't know. That's a, a tough, but I do. I, that thought, the uh, thought crossed my mind because he's somebody that I was mad. I don't know about you, but uh, and Bubba and Kyle, but, I was going, oh, my God, he has one great season, and you're giving him that kind of change? I mean, I know how bad they want to be relevant in football, be in Michigan State. Well, it's not even the amount of money. It was the length of the contract, 10, ten, well, yeah, years. ten years. It's insanity. In North Carolina, you can't even do that. I, I think I – think, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can sign anything longer Cliff than a five-year contract. Cliff Godwin got a seven-year deal, didn't he? Okay, well then, evidently that's not the case. I was wrong on that. I, I thought. But it was I agree five with years. you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Anything in life, you should not give, and I won't go into any uh, subject matter. Something I'm dealing with personally now, as you guys know, locally, um, was a thirty-year deal, three-zero, um, yeah. which was ludicrous. But uh, yeah, you're right, Kyle. I wouldn't give anything more than a five-year deal because of what we're dealing with right now. Um, so. You know, I think I think when you're looking at it right now, you've, people are asking about the schedule. Um, I think everybody needs to uh, definitely be upset. We are upset because we know we should have won last night. But I will say again, um, I'm looking at that. And Matt, I want to ask you this because you're very, oh my gosh, Bubba, <laughs> uh, oh. on the screen. That's all I'm going to say for people listening. I'll be glad. Mel you're Tucker, right there. You know, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. Guys, so, okay, man, you guys, you guys, what's wrong with you guys? I mean, come on. <laughs> Matt's what's wrong calling. with you guys? How, oh, how dare you guys? When Matt's yeah, calling you out, when Matt's yeah, Matt's offended. Out. Matt, Matt's really offended. Yeah. Yep, he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna uh, protest the show for a couple weeks while he's in the Bahamas. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm just going. This is my thing, Matt. Okay. We stunk it up here in game two. We had the game one. We choked. Speaking of choking. Um, that's a nice segue. Thank you, Bubba. Speaking of choking, um, for me, for game three, what what are you, what's your expectations to see? If you're the coaching staff, I'm going to put you and Bubba and Kyle on the coaching staff. You're the coaches of East Carolina. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pot of coffee for you because you're going to be staying up a lot and not seeing your family. What do you do this week? How do you rebound from something you know that you, as the coaching staff should have won that game last night? It was not the players that lost the game. I think the coaches staff lost that game. And, and I'm a huge Mike. I'm eating my words right now because I'm a huge Mike Houston fan. Yeah, I mean, well, first thing I, I mentioned earlier is I, I would mix it up a little bit at quarterback. I'd give Flynn a chance. Yep. Um, that would be the, the very first thing I do. 
And uh, I, I would change some things up offensively. You know, I, I would be a little more aggressive. I would take more deep shots. Um, I would really, you know, I, I we need to get guys in space. We haven't yeah. seen any plays this year where we get anybody in space, it seems like. You know, guys like Bond, um, try to get him in space a little more. Marlon Gunn. Yep. Um, so, so try to create some plays where we get people in space, mix up the quarterback, and put some things in the playbook this week that they haven't seen us do yet um, to try to throw them for a loop. And then defensively, the big thing with App is you cannot get sucked in on play action because they will kill you with it. And they beat us last time in Charlotte like that with the with the play action deep ball, and um, it's something we're susceptible to here. So you got to watch that. Those are yeah. just some, some little things. There's something I wanted to point out here that's not really necessarily relevant to the Appalachian State game, but um, I want um, about <clears throat> at least a quarter of Pirate Nation to personally go to Holton Ayler's uh, t- Twitter account, Facebook account, and say you're sorry. Yeah, you know, that was something I was going to You read my mind, Kyle. That's, <laughs> you read my mind. I was getting ready. To, that is so weird that you said that, Kyle. Not weird in a bad way, weird in a good way. I was getting ready to say, for all you people that were talking trash about Holton, I was getting ready to say, you, do you remember all those people, Matt, that were saying, uh, oh, my gosh, if we don't start Mason next year, he's going to transfer. Do you remember the, those people, Matt? Oh, yeah, Bubba, absolutely. Oh my gosh, we're panicking. We've got to start Mason because we, oh my gosh, we got it and all that. And so now you see the reason why Holton was starting is he was our best option. Holton wasn't perfect. He will tell you he was not perfect. Okay. And he worked, but the thing I respect about Holton is he's always working. That's why he still made the practice squad. Quite frankly, Dave. And I'm I don't I like Donnie as a person. He's a hell of a nice guy, and I think he's one of the best wide receivers coaches out there. But based on what I've seen about his ability to develop quarterbacks, it is almost shocking that Holton has done as well as he has. Well, true, but I think the Manning Academy is uh, a big thing. I think his work ethic, Manning Academy. He he's a, a great student of the game. He's usually the first guy there, the last one to leave. And that's why he's been able to, with the raw talent he had and whatever he was being able to get over the last couple uh, years, for sure. Give us a call, folks. I'm sorry I've missed two calls, so I'll try to uh, 252 Yeah, call in. We have no Shirley Rose, so to speak. We have nobody I'm answering trying really hard. So yep. Dave is, is hosting the show and taking calls. So if you if, – if, if you, if you called and we didn't get your call, call back, and Dave will get it this time around. And uh, we'll, we probably won't be on there too much longer. So if you want to call, I would go ahead and do so here in the next few minutes. Guys, just back to Holton really quick. If Holton had played that game last night, I think we win by two touchdowns. At least. At least two touchdowns. Uh, probably more than that, honestly, if I'm being honest with you. Because Marshall, you know, I, I don't think Marshall's offense is that good. Um uh, you know, I, really, I think most of what you saw with the scoring in the fourth quarter was us just falling apart mentally. Yep, agreed. Yeah, and Coach Houston uh, referenced that in his post game remarks, just about the, you know, how quickly things went south. Because he said, "Yeah, sure, there were plenty of things that uh, we needed to get corrected from the first three plus quarters, but you know, the defense um, had put our." team in a situation
situation you know, as well as you know, some some um, nice things on special teams. But you know, you really think about that defense, the the defense creating the turnover there. You know, we were facing faced with the deficit um, offense doing essentially nothing and uh, needed a spark. The defense creates that turnover. Um, the boneyard, uh, when it started to rain, went ballistic. Um, and I was great to see very few students left, and um, the, the place went nuts. And um, then we forced that turnover. Play action pass on third down, and uh, Mason Garcia found Shane Calhoun in the, the right corner of the end zone. Um, excellent play call, and I was, I was glad to see us you know, go to the play action pass, love play action pass to the tight end down there around the goal yep. line. Yeah, they and by the way, they rolled when they rolled him out to the right. Uh, maybe they can do more. Um, we've been talking about different things. Maybe they can do that, guys. We have Mark, one of our regulars, first uh, long time, first time. Mark from Raleigh, how are you, man? Uh, if I better, I'd be twins. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. <laughs> like I was telling you, we, unfortunately, we don't have one of the greats. I talked to her this week, Shirley Rhodes. Uh, we don't have her like for the fifth quarter, so it's. You're just going to have to deal with me instead of the great Shirley. I love her to death. Well, that, hey, this problem, Dave. Uh, I just thought I'd call in. Uh, you know, I watched the game. Oh, by the way, the game on uh, Saturday, if you went on your computer on ESPN, mm-hmm. you get the game. I couldn't get it on TV. Oh, weather uh, weather delays. Weather delays messed up the the sequence of games that were shown on ESPNU, Mark. There was several weather delays no, around the country. I understand that. Yeah, yeah I under, understand that, but they kept saying it's a weather delay. But when they started back, I were mentioning they had a, a summer game on. And uh, so anyway, if, if that happened again, where they think a more important game, for something on my computer, I was able to watch the game. Where they were my TV, they were doing yeah you know, the game. Yeah, they I, did. All. Yeah, they did that on. Yeah. What they moved it over to. Where you were able to see that because they moved it over to ESPN Plus, and like that's what right. um what Kyle was alluding to right. is the fact that they, you know, and by the way, the uh, I will say this: they didn't cost us the game, but the officials definitely didn't help the idea of college football trying to speed up the game yesterday with all those penalties, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, between that and the weather delay that hurt us um, as far as being on ESPNU and I think uh, fellas and not only the play calling and everything being bad but the refs were so bad yesterday with every time you turned around with a, a penalty I think they wanted FaceTime so I would much rather listen to the radio than watch television if they're going to throw a flag for every uh, like there was holding and holding and I mean there was a lot of holding especially on that right side for Marshall um, that they never uh-huh. called Oh, I, I agree. And y- y'all brought up a lot of good points tonight. I just, you know, I listened to the, uh, uh, I listened to you on the call-in show last night. And, uh, you know, I watched the Michigan game and I watched the game uh, Saturday. And uh, I, I just thought I'd mention that, you know, we we get on May and, you know, I guess he was four or five-star out of high school or something. Four-star, and yeah. And for two years. We had him for two years and didn't play him. Uh, Holton was a great quarterback, but Holton wasn't perfect by any means. Would have been opportunities where Mason would have gotten playing time. 
great point. In and, fact, and it didn't. Right. Okay, go ahead. I'm, no, I was breaking up. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not trying to step over you. That's a little bit of a lag, but oh, okay. Um, but the fact and I'm that, not. Well, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. new to this, so I don't need to do. No, you're fine. You're fine, Mark. Uh, what I was going to say is, I was talking to Matt last night. Matt, do you remember when we were talking? And our group text in the um, at the bowl game, and we were talking about when will we see Mason? Do you remember that? Do you guys remember that when we were at the Birmingham Bowl? And we were, we let me thought, let me ask y'all all a question, Dave, for what you're alluding to about when. Okay. Do y'all really think it would have mattered? I mean, do y'all really think if Mason would have got in mop up duty last year, that he really would have made him that much better of a quarterback this year? It definitely, I think the one of the problems is it's it's definitely experience. He didn't. In fairness to the coaching staff. What he wanted to do, which I think is maybe a mistake, is he wanted that extra year of eligibility. But if we had played him, um, and maybe guys, you could say four games, but if he had played him in, you know, every single like Matt, I was going, I was thinking about we were your coach with Logan. You remember when he would bring in uh, a quarterback for a series or two during the games? I mean, I'm just wondering. Hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, and I'm not critical of, oh, Houston, yeah. but I just feel like I do agree with that. I would have liked to have seen Mason. Maybe they could bring some packages in for him to run or different things we could do um, from every single game and say, look, you will have two years left. And uh, maybe they were afraid that he would transfer. But I, I just feel like that uh, I do agree. I, they, they knew that he, I, this day was coming. I don't disagree with they should have done that. I'm not so sure it would have made that big of a difference how timid he looks out there to me throwing the ball. I mean, I, Why do you think I, don't, think, I don't think you fix that with mop-up duty. No, but that's what I'm saying is that it's not necessarily mop-up duty. Logan would bring him in second quarter, different situations. It wasn't just like we, we've got a big lead and put mop-up duty because they're going to be more conservative with their play calling anyway. Well, I thought there were many times last year where we should have put him in. and There have been several times over the years where we put him in in the fourth quarter, but we were just kind of handing the ball off and just kind of like running clock. Right. I don't believe in that philosophy anymore where you kind of like you feel sorry for the other the other team and you're just running clock my feeling is you only have so many opportunities to get your backup work and it's the defense's job to stop you so if I'm up by 25 points in the fourth quarter and I have a chance to get my backup in I am not running clock I'm running my offense full speed ahead and I'm getting him work I'm getting him real game experience I agree Um, there because th- this idea, you just you can't waste time anymore in college football. You can't just give away a quarter by running clock because you feel bad for the other team. I you have a chance, Carmella you got to take it. Absolutely, Matt. Um, I'm from the Steve Spurrier school of thought there. You know, and I know Coach Spurrier at times went a little further than that with some trick plays and so forth. But as far as you know, coming in and letting the backup quarterback run the offense, um, it's other j- team's job to stop us you know let let them throw the intermediate passing game not just come in and you know hand the ball off 10 or 15 times uh and you know i think back to 2021 yeah, and you saw penn state do that last week bubba yeah i don't know if you saw that i, I did not but uh I, I think back to that 2021 oh. game where we were beating temple something like 42 to nothing late in the third quarter and and uh, mason probably didn't play until midway through the fourth or something and, and temple didn't have a pulse uh offensively that day there was no way I they were gonna, there was no way they were going to 
come back. Yeah, I agree with both of y'all 100% or all three of you. Um, more so um, with Matt and Bubba about being aggressive when you when you bring in the backup quarterback and mop up duty. Um, I agree with that 100%. I, what my point is, I'm just from what I see out of Mason, I'm just not so sure it would have made a difference. He just looks scared to death to throw the ball. Well, any bit. I, I agree. That, is it going to make a drastic difference? No, probably not. But um, any bit of experience you get, uh, you know, that that is uh, a few snaps that you didn't have, and you know, it it definitely you know would benefit you at least uh, to some degree. I'll, I'll finish up and I'll be gone. You know, you think about I've had Houston's. You know, he he's never said he's his quarterback. This, this year, which, okay, that's fine. I kind of get that. Uh, uh, and again, I go back to that experience where after two years, somebody of that level should have had playing time. And and I'm, a, I'm, I played tennis down at East. I was born down at Clemson. My dad went to graduated from there. I don't know if y'all watch a Clemson game, but did you smile at you know, the new offensive coordinator. They didn't do they didn't do the, that uh, that offense that he hell he was standing right beside uh, uh his face, the coach down there at Thompson. They ran the plays they last chance last yep. and, and so I'm kind of getting my point moving around is that uh you know who was actually calling the plays here? Is it Donnie? I've watched Donnie on shows just like I watch all shows all the time. He put on a great show. But I watch Donnie with talks, you know, after practice and whatever. Uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, he, he knows the game. Yeah. Um, is he the plays? I don't know. Because I think Mr. Houston, Coach Houston has a lot of control. Yeah, I think and, it's and, Donnie, and I, Donnie you know, is running what Mike Houston wants him to run. Absolutely. We've been it bingo. And Kyle, yeah. I get your point. I think you're right about to some extent about uh Mace. I don't know if it's there is the right word because that just I don't I don't think you can be an athlete playing at that level and you're scared of something. I, I think that he's he's insecure to an extent. Right. Uh because this is the first he's gotten and not given he or hadn't given the the assurance, which I understand how that goes, that he is going to be the starting back. And and that's all I wanted to say, guys. I you know, I he's he's a great athlete. I think he could do great things. The other guy is great too. And and I think we've got a very good team. Um I think certain aspects aren't getting coached to the ability of the players. And that, that's all I, I'll leave it at that. All right, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, glad to uh, know you've been listening and watching for a long time. Thank you for calling in tonight. Yeah. Appreciate it very much. Well, well I'll, I'll stand and listen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Have a good you. One you too. Take care. Enjoy the rest well, of the yes, weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mark. Hey, guys, something kind of along um, that topic as far as quarterback play, Shane Matthews, you know, we've referenced he and his podcast uh, several times on the show. I, I, I listen, you know, when I when I can outside of uh, listening to East Carolina content. 
because not only do they talk to Florida Gators, but they talk college football in general, much like we do, and uh, really respect his opinion because not only did he play at a high level and then, you know, play for about a decade and a half as a backup in the NFL, and he did have several starts in addition to uh, you know, being largely a career backup. He also coached and uh, was – was a high school coach down in the state of Florida. Was the son of a coach. His dad was a very successful high school coach in the state of Mississippi. But uh, Shane Matthews, he was talking about Anthony Richardson because he had actually not only called his games for Florida, you know, he was the number four overall pick in the draft. And he said, "Is he a tremendous athlete? Does he have tremendous arm strength and all these sorts of things?" Absolutely. He said, but just compared to some other quarterbacks, you know, just his anticipation and accuracy and those things weren't necessarily there. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now and not that it can't change, but um, just some of that that I referenced earlier as far as being on time and anticipation and uh, and so forth is not there. Uh, and And hopefully that will change moving forward. Yeah, when I say scared, I, I don't mean he's scared. Like, oh my God, I'm you're, scared. He's talking about being tentative. Yeah, right, he's, he's second guessing himself. He, yeah, yeah. In, in other right. words, he, in other words, he's scared. Um, if you're if you're insecure and you're in your tentative and you're second guessing and you're unsure what you should do here, and so you do the safe thing, you pull it down and run it versus taking a chance because you're scared you're going to throw a pick. Then you're scared. Uh, you you can word right. it any way you want to. Right. And you know what causes tentativeness on the football field when you're unsure of what you're supposed to be doing? Exactly. It it causes hesitation. Um, I can speak from personal experience. My freshman year at East Carolina, I just did not know the system. Um, I was not very confident and uh, caused hesitation. And if he don't know the system by now, he ain't never going to know it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, this is scary. This is year four, and I mean, so that that definitely concerns you a little bit. Um, but you know, hey, we're just gonna have to let this thing play out. I think it might be good for him to kind of sit back this week and you know yeah. give Flynn an opportunity. By the way, guys, I, I was gonna mention too that. Uh, do you remember when we uh, had Morgan Aylers? He talked about on for the preseason show we had uh, for college football. He he alluded to the fact that we were gonna have growing pains this year. And we've already talked about it. As the season goes on, just like Matt and Obama's talked about it, uh, the equivalent of the 97 season, we had that great 8-3 and three team in 96 that should have gone to a bowl game. That's another sh- uh, show, as they say. But in 97, you guys were off to a rough start, but you ended up, guys, you guys started to pull away, and you ended up with a 5-6 and six year, right, off the top yeah, of my head. Played NC State for, for bowl eligibility the last game of the regular season. Yep. So, um you, you may hope beat us. Yeah, you guys had the lead in that game late, and then kind of, that was another game where we led late and kind of let them yep. get away from us. Speaking of a similar game, not similar in terms of the way the game played, but Pirates led in the fourth quarter in that game, ended up losing by two touchdowns. Um, yep. Good memory there for you, Matt. I'm sure. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. I tried to forget it. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I was going to say something before we got off on that tangent, and I have totally, it's totally slipped my mind. When are you guys talk maybe to come back to me? While we have a chance, guys, not to be a, a, on a somber note, I do want to say 
to give a shout out to everybody in New York. Um, the 20, what is it? 22nd anniversary of nine 11 is tomorrow. Um, I had a chance to go up there after nine 11 twice had the honor, uh, with a, a North Carolina Baptist men. We clean apartments near ground zero. So Matt, when I come up there to see you, I'm going to talk to you off there about that. I definitely have to go to, uh, there to see the memorial there for nine 11, because it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done and proud to be an American. And, I uh, just want to give a shout out to the folks in New York uh, tomorrow. We're thinking about you for sure. Yeah. If anybody hasn't been to the memorial, it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, they did a tremendous job with that. And it's, it's one of those things that it's like incredibly depressing when you're there, but at the same time, you kind of have to see it. So right. uh, I definitely, um, I recommend that if, you know, anybody's visiting New York, you, ch- you check out the nine 11 Memorial because it's uh Obviously, an important part of our history and something we need to remember. Speaking yeah. of um, somber, something that I think needs to be mentioned here on this podcast. Um, uh, Dave used to do a podcast racing with Mike Ray, uh, was part of the Sports Objective Podcast Network. Mike Ray has made it public on Facebook that he has terminal lung cancer. So, yep. uh, thoughts and prayers to Mike Ray. Um, I, uh, Dave, we don't need to get with you off the air. I don't know if you've seen some of Mike's posts, but, uh, yeah, we'll get with you off there. But um, thoughts and prayers yeah. with, uh, with 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 Mike. Yeah, I've been wanting to say uh, I wanted to mention that. Thank you, Kyle, for doing that. He's a close friend. It's been very difficult to um to I guess the word I don't know if the word accept is the right word, but uh, we're very good friends. And I know Kyle, you all the way back to East Carolina Motor Speedway. Yeah, I've known um, Mike since I was a teenager. The nineties, and um, so anyway, we lost Miss Hot Rod. Over a year ago, um, Christmas of 21, I guess it was. Yeah. That was Mike's um, wife. Yeah, Mike's wife, Sandra. And um, unfortunately, we've had a really tough time with doing shows, not to get too deep in the weeds, uh, but just say a big prayer for him. Um, he has to pretty much have a nurse with him now all the time. And uh, so we'll keep our thoughts and prayers with him. And uh, certainly we appreciate all the support that uh, the racing community has given him. And we do a show it's called talking racing with Mike Ray. And um, hopefully one of these days we can do it again. It'll be fantastic. But, um, and I'm sure uh, something that um, Miss hot rod and Mike Ray would tell you themselves right now, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but I'll tell you on their behalf, throw the cigarettes down. If you smoke, please throw those cigarettes down. Yeah, they definitely would. And, it's really hard, you know. In fact, my children are seeing uh, the effects of they did of one of their grandfathers, um, their mom's dad, and then um, now with uh, the situation, they they know Mike as well. So uh, we'll pray really hard for him and pray for uh, certainly peace and uh, any kind of comfort for him, and uh, just be say, thinking about him as he's part of our family. So uh, for sure. And guys, uh, Matt, did you have anything? I, I had one more thing, guys. There was a video okay. that circulated today from the Marshall game. Um, Mason uh, looked like he ran a quarterback draw, and he went down. And one of the Marshall players—I don't know if you guys saw this—stomped on his foot, on his what? ankle. No, I didn't video. see that. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. A dirty, dirty, dirty play. Um, wow. If you see it, I don't know if any of our listeners had a, had a chance to see that video circulating, but. Uh, absolute cheap shot um that dude should be monica is that what monica's saying there yep number five thanks monica um that should be we should send that into the ncaa there's no place for that 
Um, you know, Mason's lucky he didn't break his ankle there. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I did not see that during the game. They have not seen the video today. But, uh, no, there's no place for that in college football or any level of football. That's dirty. Uh, that player is a piece of shit. Um, and uh, like the, I can I can tell you this. I, I bet Mason wouldn't be scared to fight him. Let's let Mason, let's let big old Mason Garcia, number five, go go one on one in a fair fight and see if he can't get that stomp back. Yeah, wait until you see the video, man. Wait until you see the video. I mean, man, uh, where on social media was that? We'll we'll try to uh, tweet that out. But um, I saw a couple uh, people asking. I saw it on Twitter earlier. Um, maybe one of our listeners can 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 forward it. Um, yeah, if y'all can but, share, uh, share it with the the uh, at the sports objective. Well, it's at, it's I'm sorry for Twitter on X now. It's uh, I'm sorry. It's always been at the sports obj is our our X handle. You know, it's so ridiculous. I, I I get you know notifications from Twi- from from X and it says X formerly Twitter. Well, if you're having to identify yourself still, why did you change your name anyway? That was ahead. really stupid. Okay. Uh, Brad Williams says our good friend Stephen Igo from Hoist of Colors has it on Twitter, so you can check it out there. Um, but anyway, do you guys have anything? I know we're at two hours, but uh, did you have any uh, thoughts about any other college football games or uh, anything? Well, a lot, lot of interesting scores. A lot of interesting scores yesterday. I, I you know, I, you never know what can happen in a football game, particularly a rivalry game. Um, you know, I, you, you, you figure App's going to be fired up to play us, getting ECU in, in their house. Um, they just lost to North Carolina in a close one. Um, Two years maybe, in a row. Maybe they come out flat because they just lost to Carolina. Who knows? But you never know what can happen in a college football game. That's why you play the game. You don't feel good about what happened. You don't feel good going into this game at all. You feel like App's going to blow you out. But you, you never know what can happen in a college football game. There was a lot of upsets yesterday. You know, uh, week before last, uh, Northern Illinois beat Boston College. And last night, they lost to Southern Illinois in FCS school. So, a lot of things can happen from week to week in college football. So, you never know. So, I would just advise everybody just, you know, the criticism is just, and we've been just as critical as anybody else. And I do not expect us to beat out, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, guys, is the inconsistency of this program, um, Matt and uh, Bubba. I wanted to say, I'm glad you said that again, Kyle, the inconsistency of this program, maybe they get up for the game. The thing, the reason I wanted the Marshall game was I felt like both games are 50, 50 games. The fact that Marshall is home, we would have more of a chance than on the road against App. But do you guys see that scenario of maybe they can put some stuff together and go up there and and beat App? I think it would just. I think it would be an emotionally drawn. You just playing. You you just you're just doing it because you're desperate. You feel like you need to win, and and you're up because it's a rivalry game. The crowd's going to be loud. The crowd is going to yep. be on these guys. Maybe that motivates them. The fact that the app crowd will maybe they need that to be in that environment. Right. You know, the Michigan crowd was loud, but the Michigan crowd didn't give a damn about ECU. This no. crowd is going to be on this football team. Now, this football team is very fragile, so they may collapse under that kind of pressure. But then again, it may be exactly what they need to get them to play their best football. Who knows? Yep, to shock them. Yep, wake them up. Right. Matt, how did you? How did you? How you and Bubba both? How How did you guys react when you would play in the truly hostile environment? Bubba, you go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I think it was it was something that uh, you certainly look forward to as a player, as opposed to an environment where you had no atmosphere, like a UAB um, back in the day when Matt was playing, or 
something of that nature. I, I guess actually um, Matt never played UAB. It was right after Matt finished up. But, but yeah, so a UAB or Tulane in the Superdome back before they built Yulman Stadium, you know, something like that. Uh, it's definitely more challenging to play in, in a way, because um, – you know, when you're playing in that hostile environment, as long as you're prepared and, you know, from a communication standpoint, you look forward to it and uh, it probably may, makes you, uh, you know, lock in and focus a little more because you know you have to. Yeah. I, I actually think I enjoyed it more sometimes than home games. Like, to me, the most fun thing in the world was going on the road, places like Tennessee and Miami and Auburn. South Carolina. Oh my God, it was the best. And like 80,000 people and shocking them. Yeah. I mean, I would love when people would, you know, curse at you and yell at you and call you names. Like I would laugh and yell back at them. You know, I thought it was hilarious and just have fun with it. Like, you know, that's kind of the out of state. Like, if you get too uptight about that stuff, it doesn't serve you well. And I mean, I was fortunate to be on some incredible teams with some awesome players, but. I mean, that was the best. You know, there's nothing better than that. Hey, Matt, was there a game that where you guys were saying, I know there's some high school football rivalries we could uh, – we're not going to get into all of that, but there's high school rivalries that, that go on that's kind of scary. Like you have to run to the bus because people may be throwing – I don't know, I'm just making this up, but, you know, like to the point where they're throwing rocks or something crazy outrageous. Did you ever have anything – West Virginia, Matt, did you ever get a battery thrown at you? West Virginia did throw things at us. Wow. Um, there was a, I think it was a Pepsi can. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was a Pepsi can. Um, NC State, my very last game we talked about before, the Tory Holt uh, tunnel screenplay. Uh, I had something thrown at my face that day. Um, wow, a Carter Finley. No yeah. man, oh, that would never happen. That would never happen. Do that. <laughs> but the the best was. Um, at Southern Miss because their bleachers, Kyle, you can talk to your buddy about this. Oh, they're right. The rock, you see, it is right on top of the field. Oh, right on top of you, and they would call you every name in the book, and uh, they got on me pretty good, you know. Um, probably because I wasn't playing very much that night, so I was an easy target. What game, What year was this? It was the ninety-five like field goal game. I think it was like my freshman year. Yeah, ninety-five fake field goal game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they called me every name in the book. I had a blast with it. We, yeah, we won that game. <laughs> yeah. Monica, Monica says uh, about when we beat Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 96. You were part of that. You weren't part of the 99. You were part of the 96 down there. That was so much fun. 31 to so 6, right? Nix was the worst. Are you referring to uh, Derek Nix or Tyrone Nix? Uh, she, Monica says Nix was the worst. I'm assuming she's talking about Southern Miss. There was Derek Nix and Tyrone Nix. Yeah, running back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well, one was a defensive player, one was a running back. Derek, yeah. Derek. Derek was defensive. Tyrone Nix was a running. I believe that's right. Which one was the defensive coordinator? Uh, Coach with JT a little while. I'm mixing one, up my Nixes now. I have to check. Where, where's <laughs> James when you need him? Yeah, exactly. Well, one of them was a running back. The other one was a, was a defensive player, and uh, ended up being a, a, a defensive coordinator for a while. I don't know where that Nix is now. The one that was the defensive coordinator that was. <laughs> Co-defense coordinator with JT at South Carolina briefly. Wow. Dude, kind of a, a very quick uh, 
She sent Derek story. Nix I think, I think this, this story, our stadium. I, yeah, it's a Derek Nix, Tony Duff at our stadium. But I think this story goes back several years before Derek Nix, but um, I want to say this was maybe 92 uh, when – when Southern Miss um, beat us badly, something like 38-21 on a Thursday night in Coach Logan's first year. And Southern Miss was in their team huddle in the end zone before they um, before they went to the locker room after the game. And they all said, Eagles done kicked their ass. That's what they broke it down on. Well, you know what? I respect USM. And, 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 and I didn't take exception to that. My, me and my dad, we we actually thought it was pretty pretty cool, uh, other than the fact that it went against the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, I, I, a lot of respect for USM football program. Uh, not a good performance last night against Florida State. We don't think anybody would have a good performance against Florida State these days. Um, yeah. But love to see play. Love to be playing those guys again at some point, whether it's non-conference oh, yeah. or if we end up in the same conference again at some point. Would love to be playing the Golden Eagles again. It would be a lot more fun than playing the likes of Rice and uh, Charlotte. Hey, Matt. By the way, did you guys see Charlotte last night on NBC in primetime against Maryland? Which, by the way, what a ridiculous game to choose to have as primetime on NBC. Charlotte and Maryland. well, it was supposed to be Peacock, so they must have moved it. It was supposed to be the no, Peacock. No, that, game, that game was NBC primetime for a while. I, I remember when they announced it back in the summer. Um, so, it – it was uh, that their their coach, and they played respectable in that game. In all honesty, I don't know how seriously Maryland took them, and Maryland certainly put it away late. But Charlotte played respectable. But their head coach, if I was their AD, I would not tolerate that man literally wearing a cutoff T-shirt, showing his armpits and man boobs on the sideline. It, it, is, <laughs> it, it, it is it is ridiculous looking. <laughs> That guy is uh, like he's got the best name ever, Matt, uh, for his his personality. Biff, it's it's Biff, Biff, the cable guy. It's just it, it's it's you know in I, Charlotte may beat our ass. God Almighty, if they do, oof. But uh, it just and I'm not saying the guy can't coach because it was a respectable performance in year one against a Big Ten opponent. Yeah, just a preference thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But he looked he looks ridiculous. I, I I don't know if he's doing it to try to get attention for the program or no, that's he, him. If he's just a complete lunatic, but I don't know how they're ad. I would say, look, man, if you want to be casual, that's fine. And he, and he wears shorts. Wear a pair of khaki pants and a t shirt. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I'm Monica. Instead of his <laughs> instead of his mesh shorts, he needs to break out some of John Daly's loudmouth golf. Uh, oh yeah. Some some of those shorts or pants um, to go along with the cutoff t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm their right AD, I'm saying I'm saying Biff, look, you're going to wear khaki pants and a Charlotte 49ers t-shirt. No no more of this cutoff. The NCAA, look, I'm begging you, NCAA, you like to do dumb stuff. Please pass a rule right now where coaches have to wear sleeves, short sleeves on the sideline. They can't they 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 can't wear cutoff shirts that show their man boobs on the sideline. Please make have that a dress rule. Code. Yeah, we need a dress code because that. No, we didn't until now. That's what I'm well, that's what I'm saying is that's the reason why we need one is because there's always one in every crowd. I'm I'm not a fan of his and I, I do like the fact that And I'm not um, making fun of having man boots. I got them. I'm talking about showing them willingly. But that's what I'm talking about is that's unnecessary. Um but anyway. I'm old school. I I, I love the days dress up way back when when like you had Tom Landry and a yeah, when a fedora full, you know, a suit and a fedora, man. That I, I don't and know. That just I always like that, but I know those days are long gone, unfortunately. But uh, 
it was something cool about that, seeing a coach in a suit and a tie on the sideline, I thought. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I don't know. I only Dick that coaching ball. the Bears. Who was that? I was talking Dicka? about Dick, Mike Dicka. Dicka? Yeah, yeah, Mike Dicka wearing the uh, – <laughs> wearing the tie and the Bears sweater, the Bears. You know what? You know what I find is just a tremendous look is wearing a three quarter zip sports, you know, like like starter type that, jacket. Would have done that with that a shirt and tie. I, I think, I think a three, the Scotty Mo look. I think a three quarter zip, you know, athletic jacket with a shirt and tie is always a great look. What yeah, he won. Wrong? He and by the way, he won a lot of games for us. Nine games in three years. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, he's horrible. I I, don't, I heard you know somebody trying to compare um, him to Mike Houston just because of so far this year is the most comical thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, the, look, Mike Houston won a national championship at James Madison. He played for a national championship at Lenore Ryan. He's had an eight win season here. Let's Two not completely lose. Yeah, let's not completely lose our minds and start comparing him to Scotty Montgomery. No, and I've heard by the way. Um, guys, I heard this, and I was about to lose my mind when they people were comparing the offense we're seeing to John Thompson. I said, "No, we're not in the John Thompson era, thank God." And you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Offensively, we're just as bad as we were under with Desmond Robinson and uh, two. And, look, we've only had two games. Everybody, hold your breath. It, it will. It will turn out. Um, it's a slow start. I give you, but I, I, I do believe they're going to turn this thing around. Um, by the way, Elliot says, can you ask Kyle what he meant about Coach Houston coming here to leave and go to the SEC? He's talking about the fifth quarter call you had last night, Kyle. Uh, what I meant was um, – Not prepared, right? He, what, what, what I meant was, if you look at his track record, he, he, he was at the um, – he, he was at Lenore Ryan three years. He was at the Citadel two years. He was at JMU three years. He's clearly a ladder climber, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing no. wrong with wanting to climb the ladder. And coaching the SEC, but I really believe last year with what all we had coming back, he thought we were going to compete for a conference championship and win ten or eleven games. But we came close. If if, if you win yep. NC State, State Navy, Navy, yeah, I think he thought last year he would be out of here. He would have an SEC or an ACC job. Um, you know, maybe that Georgia Tech job. Uh, maybe they would have came calling. Uh, just an example. Uh, if he'd have won a couple more games, and I really believe he did not prepare. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, to be here next year or this year. I really don't think he thought he would be here this year. That's what I meant by that. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm i quite sure he would say, you know, he, he had one focus, and that was to be the head coach of East Carolina, and he's recruited as hard as he could, and maybe he has. But I'm just telling you, based on track record, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, I think he thought he was going to be on to a Power 5 job. Uh, after last year, and he didn't quite win enough games to get that done. Hey, by the way, Alan Vick, our good friend, said ECU fans keep orthopedic doctors in business, breaking ankles, jumping on and off the bandwagon. <laughs> no, look, exactly. it's, okay for exactly. people to be, it's okay for people to be upset and mad and, and expect better out of this football program, particularly in year five under Mike Houston. Uh, but you, you got to keep things in perspective. I saw some posts. I saw a post today that was just a rambling, incoherent mess from somebody oh, I saw that. saying it was the death of pirate football and college football and blah, 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 blah. It yeah. just, you know, calm down, people. Look, even if we go 0-12 this year, you know what we'll do? We'll fire Mike Houston and we'll hire a different coach. Um, and by the way, not for nothing, I texted you guys earlier. If you guys would look back and I mentioned the coach, 
and um, said, uh, and, and said, watch people are going to start calling for him if they have any success. And somebody's already mentioned him tonight on the show. I won't say who it is, the coach, because I don't want to get anything started yet. But just uh, think about the calls we've had tonight and think about a text I sent earlier. And you're going to hear more and more of that if we uh, if we keep losing. All right. Well, let's, uh, we're going to about wrap things up, Bub. I know that you've got to get up early. So uh, tell what about the uh, – I know we got some great content coming up, of course, our pirate preview will be on Tuesday, but you guys have another great show tomorrow night, right? Two great shows. Yeah, yeah and tomorrow night uh, we'll have Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors, and he'll have Matt Semenza on uh, talking about who? Uh, yeah, who? Uh, but he'll he'll have Matt on talking a variety yeah. of topics. And Matty then, Knight. Uh, yeah, tomorrow night at uh, seven or seven thirty, Coach Connors. Um, and it has some obligations in Raleigh tomorrow afternoon, but uh, seven or seven thirty, they'll be live on YouTube and Facebook. And then we'll also have episode three, the coach's kid following that um, Ted Pardee, son of Jack Pardee, uh, very nice en- enough uh, to join us from LA. Are we going to so, do this one live? Above? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to be live on episode three of the coach's wow. kid. Uh, and that's cool. Yeah, so had not had a chance to record anything for tomorrow night, so able to um, get Ted on the show and figure we go ahead and do it live. So folks, you know, whether they were uh, whether they wanted to ask something perhaps about the Junction Boys that, per, that oh, yeah. um, his dad that Ted maybe had talked to his dad about because he was a Junction Boy for Bear Bryant, um, Texas A&M. Yep, back back in the fifties. And then went on to uh, to coach for um, obviously the Redskins and the Chicago Bears and among others, and was the head coach at the University of Houston when they put 95 points on SMU uh, when SMU was feeling the effects of the death penalty. So uh, Jack Party so, is another interesting fact that we'll bring up tomorrow night on the show. The only coach to coach in to be a head coach at Division One college football, the NFL, the USFL the World Football League, and the Canadian Football League. Yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he did it well at uh, every level. And, you know, I, I my first, you know, I was born in 1981. My first memories and you know, knowledge of Jack Pardee came when he was got in the Houston Oilers, really. I guess, oh, I guess the Houston Cougars, then he left to take that, you know, moved on to the Houston Oilers. And right. everything he had going on there with Warren Moon and their – uh, excellent offenses and with that run and shoot approach he was way ahead of his time yeah i mean he really was and then like dave mentioned on tuesday our pirate preview uh, we'll have either adam witten play-by-play voice from app state or um one of the guys from um perhaps big c from that app state podcast which is on um, the black and gold podcast uh, so they they do an excellent job of covering the mountaineers and um and we'll have a, a good preview of this weekend's game on Tuesday. Then, of course, Sonny and some ends on Wednesday night uh, with some week three picks, just another sports podcast. And Kyle, um, you and Stevie, what do you guys have planned for this week? Uh, we're going to have Terry Gallagher on, a uh, friend of the podcast here. Terry, uh, one of the greatest wide receivers statistically in ECU history, played for Pat Dye back in the 70s, had a cup of coffee in the CFL. He set a record for um, yards per reception. 
um, against uh, Appalachian State back in the 70s. He had three receptions for 218 yards. Yeah. And uh, so as crazy as that sounds, we will have Terry Gallagher on to talk uh, his memories of playing up in Boone against Appalachian State. And uh, we're, we'll preview that state game in general. And uh, we always have a top five. We have not come up our, with our top five for this week. But we'll, if anybody has any suggestions, a top five you want to see, uh, East Carolina, college football related, can be serious, can be not serious, can be fun. Uh, but we're, if you have a suggestion, uh, let us know. But we'll have some sort of top five for everybody to look forward to uh, this week. We just haven't decided yet along with uh, Terry Gallagher. Dude, how is that? <clears throat> I'm thinking about this for a second. Three receptions for 218 yards. So, so right. Matt, think, think our offense during the time. You know, yeah. Think about Navy nowadays, um, you know, how most shots, um, you know, when they're throwing the football, the, their best shots are um, off play action and throwing the deep ball. Uh, okay. So, so that's um, you know, maybe we should try that based on what we've been doing. <laughs> the Pirates are running the running the wishbone, and so um, what we'll see exactly from Terry, but um, that's my guess is that they were, you know, deep shots off off of play action from from that wishbone. I, I think really think cool stat. That is a really cool stat. Very, it's unusual. Like you never hear. Right. Three receptions for. <laughs> I would say he's probably the only guy in the history of football to have three receptions for two hundred eighteen. I think it's still an NCAA record. Unbelievable! Yeah, it's definitely ECU record for sure. I don't know about. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful sunny day in Boone, North Carolina. Yeah, I'd say uh, it's uh, be even uh, better if we win <laughs> for yeah. sure. Uh, guys, right, by uh, the way, speaking of that, uh, the weather for Sunday or for Sunday shit Saturday in Boone. Uh, as of right now, it's supposed to be sunny, 68 degrees, overnight low in the 40s. Oh, so, uh, you, you you know, I got to love the high country of North Carolina. It's the most beautiful place in the state, that Boone Blowing Rock area. So, if, you, if you're going up there, enjoy it. I, I chose to wait to go uh, in October for my birthday to see the fall colors. Uh, so, I won't be there for the game. But everybody enjoy it. Hopefully, we'll pull off the upset. No doubt. Uh, we'll look. Look, I we'll hope everybody has a great week. Please, uh Stay out of the panic room as we're only two games into it. I know we're all upset. We're going to have a great week and let's stay positive as long, <laughs> definitely as long as we can. You guys have anything as we wrap things up? Final thoughts? I think we've said it all. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate all the callers, viewers, listeners. Thank you so much. And by the way, before we go, I want to give a shout out to LNK Custom Homes. They present this great show, uh, the Pirates Playback. Kevin Walker, you can give him a call. He's a licensed general contractor, one of the best uh, players to ever be on the purple and gold, and he still supports the program and it supports us for several years now. LNK Custom Homes, give Kev a call, KK a call right now. Well, maybe not right now. Hey, but you know what, Dave? I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I, I don't want to end it on this. There is something I forgot, and then we'll, we'll do this close here, and you, and you can promote KK and LNK Custom Homes because I don't want to associate him with this. But there is something I've been meaning to mention this whole show, and um. I can't believe uh, the game, what happened yesterday, just made me forget about it. But it was really on my mind. I won't say where. I'll, I'll do this delicately. But I, I just want to put, I just want to say this. So if this person hears this, they'll know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say where. But there's a place in Greenville I've been doing business with for several years. And uh, we'll continue to do business with them because of the establishment. And, and the establishment, I won't mention out of respect for the establishment. But this person was extremely rude to me. After I've been a loyal customer since 2005 with this place, and um, I, 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 
I spend money with them out of the goodness of my heart because I appreciate what this place does and what this place is. But I don't appreciate the way this person um, talked to me um, via email when I communicated a displeasure I had with them. So I won't name the business um, out of respect for the business, but not for the person. But I just want to remind this person, if they happen to hear this, you, you never know who you're talking to and who may have a platform. So think about that before you respond to people so bluntly and rudely. Um, I could be calling you out right now, but because of where you work, I won't. But uh, I hope you hear this. All right, there you go. So that person uh, should know who you're talking about. Again, our great pirate playback is brought to you by LNK Custom Homes. Kevin Walker, one of the best, as I said, to ever put on a uniform for the purple and gold. He's a licensed general contractor. If you don't believe how great he is, uh, then look at Facebook. I'm telling you the great work he does. He's awesome. Um, don't take my work for it. Look there. 336-688-8461. Again, 336-688-8461. Thank you so much for listening and watching the Pirate Football Playback. It's every Sunday night right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates. Thank you.